Hello, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Oh, Scott McCloy here. Yeah. As always, my good friend and co-host, Paul Brown. That's easy to say. Yes. I was going to say, I was thinking of a way to fuck that up, but even even an idiot couldn't fuck up the name Brown. No, no. Yeah. probably wondering why I've referred to myself as Scott McCloy is because that's how Josh Matthews referred to me uh, when I got a chance to be on a media call for Impact Wrestling on behalf of Eat, Eat Sleep Suplex Review, i got to go on and ask a question on the, the call. You hear that, Mr. Matthews, learn your pronunciations properly. I know. You said he can't do fucking commentary, he can't pronounce names properly. Then again, I think he's, I think people Americans are used to the MAC spelling of McLeod. That's why, that's why he was replaced on the commentary team, because he can't do nothing right. Yeah. Matt Stryker would have got it right. Yeah. Dealer Brown maybe would have got it right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure he would have. He was the champion of Europe for a long time in the the nineties. He was, and he was an intercontinental champion. He, I don't believe he was ever a tag champion, though, was he? No, but I'm thinking, like, remember his European tour when he was coming out. Like this tonight, he's he's healing from somewhere in Finland, or tonight he's he's from Berlin. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, given that we're talking about Impact today, it's our as we are wont to do every so often on this show. Every so often. Yeah, every so often. Well. There's so much to talk about, we just talk about all in the one place. Yeah. Uh, so for you, says are they got uh, some they offered out the chance, so does anybody want to you know, be on this call? Uh, it was a call with Josh Alexander. You're like, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I think people, somewhere two people offered me up to do it because they know how much I like Impact Wrestling and they're cool guy people who do watch Impact, but one of them was on holiday and the other one doesn't watch enough of it, so they thought, oh, well, let's go do it. And I, I forgot, I'll do it. There was a call the next day for... Uh, with the, the inspiration, formerly the Iconics, there are people jumping over themselves to do that call. <laughs> when the new guys, Tom, got to do that call, unfortunately for him, he didn't get a chance to ask a question, because he said there were people, even though you're only meant to ask one question so they can get to everybody, there, yeah. there were people on there fucking taking the piss with it. I, I've seen that. I've seen I've seen people taking more time when they are due at things. I've seen yeah. that at conventions. Yeah. There was, a, there was a particular man at a convention. Mm-hmm. When I was there a long time back now, talking to Michael Bain, or ah. Bean, however you say it, the guy from Aliens and shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you talk about name pronunciation, I try not to say his name too much, I just say that guy from Aliens because I find it hard to mm-hmm. pronounce that second name of his. But what is what is he famous for again? He's he's uh, he's Kyle. Mm. He's Kyle from Terminator. And do you know what? I find him so fucking irritating in that movie. <laughs> I really did. He was meant to be, but alright. Oh, he was meant to be like the sad, tragic hero, but I just thought he was a sad, tragic dickhead. <laughs> but, well, credit to Tom, though, he was then on Twitter, like, during the call live, like, pointing out, here's what so-and-so said, and they, answered, they asked this question, this is what they said. Uh, which is better than what I did, because I just made notes during the call and tweeted out afterwards. <laughs> so credit to Tom for being able to do it live and having the attention to... No follow along with yeah. it, but and credit for you to for talking to Josh Matthews, uh, Josh, Josh Alexander. Alexander. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk to Josh Alexander ahead of his world title match at Bound for Glory. Basically, you all got you got put in. You had to send this thing up, saying what's your name, what out, what media outlet are you from, and you send it off to them. And eventually, before the the calls meant to start, they send you an email with a Zoom link. Yeah, and everybody joins the big Zoom call, and you're in it as a guest. You're credited as a guest, and you click a button that says raised hand. So when you read it, that means you want to ask a question. Also, they get through everybody. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't sure if they'd even get to me, but I had a question in mind. Mm. 
mm. ahead of time. And so I was just waiting, and then all of a sudden there's, there's this guy ahead of me. I can't remember what he, where he was from. He was about to ask a question, and then all of a sudden came up, we'd like to... Uh, Zoom thinking about like we'd like to change your status to panelist. Then when I was like, I was like, yes, taken out of Zoom, reconnected, put back into Zoom. Basically, this is where what happens when they're about to ask, get you to ask your question. Yeah, and then I have someone in the chat next to me, the guy helping run it, basically so asked me, "What outlet are you from again?" And I mentioned it. Then I was a bit awkward because then after they introduced me and just uh, needed two attempts to fully say the name of Eat Sleep Suplex retweet, uh, and then I finally appeared on screen. But it wasn't entire, the microphone didn't, didn't like immediately unmute, mm. and which kind of caused a bit of a panic for me. But and I was worried because even though it was only a few seconds, I watched it back because the video version available on uh, on Impact's YouTube on Facebook. Yeah, cool. And uh, you can from where I looked at it, it looked like Josh was kind of like leading, but uh, like Josh Alexander, and I felt bad for Fred for making him wait. Then watching it back, he seemed. It was didn't seem as bad as uh, yeah. he was just kind of like not knowing what to do while he was waiting for me, and uh, I managed to get through. And he was very, very nice. You know, he's Canadian. They're always very nice. It's the law. Yeah, <laughs> the law in Canada, you know. And then, so I just asked him about working for New Japan because he's appeared on their American show, uh, New Japan Strong, once or twice. And I asked him about the Forbidden Door and if he wants to, uh, like, what's the for wants to further, investigate for, that? Yeah, further working in there because you know the champion of New Japan Strong is a guy called Tom Lawler. Who's a former like, MMA guy? Yeah. And given also, maybe seeing him mixed up with I'm amateur wrestling background, Josh Alexander. I thought that'd yeah, be cool. I was thinking, like, from what you were telling me about yeah. it in your your Zoom call with him, mm-hmm. that that was a really good question because Josh Alexander, you know, his style mm-hmm. in ring style is really quite technical, really competent, and mm-hmm. it would, I think it worked really well in New Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got told afterwards by some people like, on the podcast that they thought that I asked a good question because. And he said he's actually never. I was I said, did you either why I work for New Japan or maybe go over to Japan and and wrestle one of their main shows over there? And he said he actually never had a chance to work in Japan. Yeah, but it's something he's always like wanted to do. And so obviously, so obviously, I think so I got a good response because obviously it's something he's he's interested in. So I got a good response back from him, and I was very nervously. I just yeah. nervously went, "Oh, thank you and good luck on Saturday." And he was he smiled and went, "Thank you." And I got quickly and quickly just as soon as. Uh, no sooner had he said thank you to then fucking they took me out of panels to put me back in. Was it was it a smile of yeah I know I'm going to win <laughs> yeah I know I'm going to win because I'm the walking weapon. <laughs> I don't know I don't I'm not familiar with that type of smile. I mean, there are many types of smile but I'm not familiar with that type of smile. That's all right. Yeah, I'm winning it. Arrow. Yeah. Walking weapon number one, man. Because I've been once one or two people had asked about the forbidden door like, ahead of time, and whenever, whenever the words forbidden door came up before I got something, oh god, please don't ask the question that I'm going to ask later on. Because don't steal my question. Because if you steal it, I'll have nothing. Then I'll have to think of something else. What what brand of headgear do you wear? <laughs> what 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 type of walking weapon in particular are you? Are you a walking? Machine gun? Are you a walking hammer? A walking pointed stick. <laughs> what if he had a pointed stick? Shut up! <laughs> but it was a quite good interview. Like uh, He was asked about his X-Division title run. Uh, somebody asked him, what is your favourite match from your, your run? I mean, he, he, he named uh, the Iron Man match with TJP as the one he'll probably stand out. Yeah, that was pretty bitching, that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, even up until like, a couple months ago, he was still working at like, a regular job. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a construction kind of thing, but he was now he's now fully professional yeah, wrestler. Yeah. wrestler. He said I probably could have done it before, but it felt like right now as when I was on that run as X Division champion. 
and somebody asked him, well, who do you think is going to win the triple threat? I don't know if it's if he generally just because he likes him or maybe he's just trying because you know, he's another baby face, but he said Trey to win the triple threat. But, you know, that's, that's, that's prerogative. I, that's fair. I, I, I personally would like Phantasmo to win it or Macklin. I, I don't, so, I don't so anyone but Trey. Basically. Anyone but Trey. I, I appreciate Trey. I appreciate his in-ring work. He's very solid, but I just don't like him. Mm. You know, I don't like. I don't like him. <laughs> well, I, I, I rephrase that. I do not like his character. I'm sure he's a very lovely man. Yeah, the biggest shock of the. I, think, like, I put out like a thread of tweets. Like, I'll be giving the main notes and uh, to saying this is what he said when he asked this question. He said this. Or, like he said, like even if he is champion and somebody wants to come from AEW or Japan and they want to challenge him, well, I'll welcome you. Yeah. Everything goes. I have respect for Christian, but I think the Impact Belt should be on an Impact uh, full time guy. Yeah. But then uh, the biggest thing I put at the end of that was the biggest news. He said how he'd celebrate with pizza. He said he'd celebrate sell with pizza with his family, and then he says he thinks pineapple belongs on pizza, and everybody was aghast. And don't tell me you agree with that as well. I agree. I love pineapple on pizza. What is wrong with you? That's it. Podcast is over. What We're the hell done. is wrong with you people that don't like? Well, I, I, it's, a, it's fruit. Fuck fruit is not. Fuck on you. Pizza. Technically, tomato is a fucking fruit, and it's on pizza. It's a matter of sauce. I don't have actual bits of tomato on my pizza. It can be on pizza, though. Yes, it can. So your whole argument about it's a fruit is fucked. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm. Pineapple on pizza is lovely. Sometimes if I'm ordering a ham and pineapple pizza, I order extra pineapple on my pizza. What is wrong with you? Love you, pineapple on Josh pizza. You, Josh Alexander, uh, buddy Beard from Beard Meets Food. It's a walking, walking epidemic, this whole pineapple thing. It's an epidemic of freaks that don't like it. You're all wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm right. Call me a fucking freak. <laughs> Didn't know who John Nord was. Nobody should know who John Nord is. <laughs> John Nord is a freak. He yes. watched the door while Vince Man got choked by nails. He's a prick. Yes, he did, and he is a he is a prick. But do you know what? At least I know who he was. And now thanks to you, so the fucking I. Yeah, aren't you happy? No, <laughs> I think I'd be happier if I went my whole life without knowing who John Nord was. <laughs> Can we get back to Josh Alexander though? Back to Josh Alexander, or back to the pineapple debate? Just Josh Alexander in general. Okay. Uh, nobody really talked about, about uh, well there was not a lot of mention of, of Ethan Page on the call but one of where he did mention someone did ask him oh, did you see yourself like going having such a quick rise to like the X Division now being a world champion kind of so soon after like you went you split from Ethan Page and everything he said well I've always been caught from my ability I know I was, I was a singles wrestler for years but I had to, there was a bit of a mental adjustment to go back to being a singles wrestler after like a whole time in Impact up until uh, the start of the year being a tag team guy yeah and uh, he said like, I did. I knew I could probably get this but I didn't think it would happen so quickly and if he does win you'd be like I think the ninth or so somebody pointed out ninth triple crown champion and yeah I think he might do it in like one of the quickest times like I think maybe AJ Styles may have done it a bit quicker than him but it's still pretty cool well if, it, if he's near enough for about how quickly AJ Styles done it then it's, it's good company to be in. Yeah, and plus, if you think about it, um, you talk about his adjustment back to singles wrestling again. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, what I noticed is a slight adjustment in his character because when he was in the, you know, when he was in the team with Ethan Page, yeah, he always seemed like the silent and serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he was not the mouthpiece of that team. Mm-hmm. He was silent, serious, professional in ring, and then he transitioned to singles, and he's got a lot more, you know. Mm-hmm. character and a lot more talk now you know 
yeah. and I think personally he done he did transition back into that sort of singles mm-hmm. upfront guy really well. Yeah, you know because like whenever you seen the North, it was always Ethan Page yak 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 and <laughs> sitting there on the ring with his little smile and Josh just stand stand there going yeah wrestling time yeah. <laughs> well I think it was a good dynamic the serious one and the loud mouth yeah the l- l- serious professional and the diddy. <laughs> Uh, talking of Ethan Page, uh, I seen an interview with him like, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about like, leaving Impact, and he said actually he did like the tape in like in November, which took to the end of the year, and then he filmed the uh, the Karate Man stuff on his own. Mm. He said he filmed that in November, and his first appearance for AEW was like start of March at their their first pay per view of the year. So, and he didn't actually wrestle in between, even though like, he'd been appearing on Impact TV and like yeah. tape stuff. So he said, yeah, like, I hadn't wrestled. I showed up in AEW having not wrestled in four months. Mm. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Uh, and he also, he, he was very, like, he had a lot of praise for Josh Alexander as well. And yeah. So he was happy for the position. And I think it was from a separate interview, and nobody brought that up on the media call. But uh, there was a separate interview with Josh Alexander where somebody asked him uh, if he did consider a reunion uh, with, with Ethan Page for one, maybe even for one night only as part of the North, he said I'd only ever like be part of the North again on one condition, and if if it was against the FTR, mm. he said if you tell us, oh, we want you guys to get together for one more match, and it was against anybody else except FTR, I would not consider it. Yeah, so it's FTR or, or nothing. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly acceptable, I think. Yeah, which is which is kind of a shame. Like the, the North did break up. As the whole Forbidden thing was starting, where that match maybe been actually possible at one point as well. Yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of less possible. There is, but well, I, think I mean, when when the North broke up, I was per- I was disappointed because I yeah. I really enjoyed the North. I loved the North. Thought we had good in ring chemistry and such. But you know, like I don't know if Ethan Page is quite as elevated in AEW as what Josh is in Impact at the moment, but I'm sure I'm sure he's doing well. I mean, he's next to always talk, I feel like you got to be on a pay-per-view tag in, in a tag match where one of the other side, one half of the team was bloody Sting, so I'm sure for him that's a big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone anyone that gets the last of a legend like Sting, that's, that's yeah. got to be a fella in your cap, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I think there are some people who aren't, who may be hoping for more of him, but if he's happy with it, then... Yeah. More, more power to him. He actually said in that same interview where he talked about like not wrestling for four months. Said he got some uh, when he left Impact. He got some like belts made, like basically replicas of the Impact tag belts. Where on one half it was blue and the other half it was red. Mm. Remember they had the silver and blue, and then they switched up to silver and red. Yeah, so, I think he got two belts made, one for him and one for Josh Alexander. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So are uh, similar good friends outside of yeah, their respective companies. Yeah, well they're both mostly Canadians. I think they were re- working together in the Indies. And obviously, Paige went to Impact first, and I think through him, that's where Josh came in. Yeah. So obviously, they've got that relationship. Obviously, both of them have families, and they both, like, and Ethan thought he want say that he wanted to go, whereas Josh thought, no, I think for me, it's best if I stay. So I think they were both, like I said, it wasn't like they didn't want to work together anymore. It's just a case of, like, they wanted to do what theirs was best for them. Yeah, they wanted to, di- they wanted to travel different career paths. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good to mention that thing off the back because it was funny that you couldn't pronounce my name, but I thought it was also properly. It would take us right into Impact because the yeah. exact opposite of what we did last time where we were talking about movies and everything and then just as we were about to get Impact we got distracted again and then after that point I couldn't find a way to get fucking back. <laughs> so, you know, talking about travelling different paths, you know, we went in one path, we couldn't get back the way we were going to go. We got lost. That's probably your fault. No, it was your fault. Oh, it wasn't my fault. 
Oh yeah, it's never your fault, is it? Never. <laughs> Innocent of all crime. So we got, I've got uh, three real sections to cover with a lot to cover in them. I want to talk about that, so we're going to break down this uh, episode of Making an Impact. And first bit, we're going to merge the Impact world and X Division title happenings together. Because usually the X Division titles are stuff I look forward to most, but now given everything that happened with Josh and Xander, they're both really connected, especially mm. in the last month or so. Then we're going to talk about the most recent knockouts, Knockdown, which legit, I like two hours ago, I've, I watched the main <laughs> event. I finished watching it like today. Yeah. Because I had other stuff to do. At least it's fresh in your mind. Yeah, it's fresh in my mind. By the time we talk about everything else, we get back to it. And the main event happened. What happened again? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to basically do our impact predictions like for, for Brentford Glory. And then talk a little bit about what's led to each of the, the matches. That we are indeed. Them. We are indeed. So, let's talk about the world title and the X Division title. First, like the X Division title, we had Josh Alexander taking on Chris Sabin. We did. And, uh, at Victory Road, the kind of semi-main position. I think it's what I thought uh, for that. Because I think actually the, the knockout title usually takes that spot, but there wasn't any knockout title on no, that show. No, there was not. Uh, so, they took that spot and... I really enjoyed the match. Also, I knew it probably wasn't going to be a bad match with the guys involved and everything. And oh no, it was it was a very like I say, Chris Sabin's another one I have a mm. I have issue with much like Trey. Mm. I think he's a great in ring guy, very fucking good at what he does, but his character just bores the shit out of me. Yeah. He just he he's boring to the point of irritating. Like I think Josh Alexander said multiple times in the the press call that he's been wrestling for like sixteen years nearly. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, Chris Sabin has been working like before that, like a little bit longer than that. So they're both kind of veterans, like Sabin a little bit more so. And like Sabin got to show that he could like work a technical like style because he it was a point where he was trying to work over Josh Alexander on the mat and everything, and which is weird because you don't get to actually see that because I don't think it was not wasn't that I didn't think he was capable of, it, but you know we see him in the machine guns, the machine guns whole thing is you know fast paced everything, yeah, constant double team moves and shit like that, and also he's in the X division which. You know, for most people, the perception of the X Division is a lot of high flying in that, which he can do. But then it was nice to see him you know, kind of try and beat Alexander his game, and then also Alexander, being the bigger guy, was trying to basically throw about Chris Saban yeah. to put it like, nicely. And I, I think he succeeded at that mm-hmm. quite well. I think. Yeah. But I don't think, uh, the re- as good as it was, the result was probably never in doubt. Oh, no. Well, you, you weren't going to see Saban win it. No. I don't think uh, the run like Josh Eisner was gonna kind of end like that. At least I didn't think so going into it. No. And uh, they've said that in Kefi that it was uh, Saban that kind of influenced his decision to go where he goes next. Because I think yeah. they said afterwards, like he's the one that whis- when he whispers any easier, then he's basically telling him you've done everything you can as X Division champ. Like go for go for option C. Yeah. Which I think would make sense. He would tell him to do that uh, in Kefi because Chris Saban also did option C. He won the title even like two weeks, mm. and then lost that. But at least you know it's somebody he got that advice from somebody who's who's done it. Yeah, plus it frees up the division title for it for Chris Saban to have another shot at it against someone he might actually be able to beat. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't going to beat Josh. No, he was not. Uh, didn't feel like anybody could beat Josh on the run he was on. No, it did not. It did not. Josh was solid. <laughs> Josh still is fucking solid. And then we had the main event of Christian Cage taking on Ace Austin. Now, I remember you were kind of, you're very much behind the idea of Ace Austin being the Impact World Champion, and I am as well. I just didn't think it was going to happen here. Yeah. I'd actually, it's funny you bring that one up mm-hmm. now, because I'd actually said to Brian, 
this past week. Like, I'm starting to get a little bored. Like, the sheen is starting to come off Ace Austin for me because it always seems like he's gone to do it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he always comes out and he always is a big mouthpiece and whatnot. And, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to win this one. Oh, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, you always lose. Yeah. The inevitable coming up short of Ace Austin all the time. And I, I strongly believe that eventually we're going to see some severe friction between him and Madman. Mm-hmm. Because I believe, like, like I say, I'm annoyed with Ace always coming up short. Mm-hmm. And I'm also annoyed at the fact that Madman, in my opinion, is horribly underutilised. Yeah. You know, horribly. So, like, I was surprised the other week when he actually came out to his own music. I was <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I forgot he had entrance music. You know? Yeah. It's getting it's getting ridiculous to a point. Huh? I think Ace, weirdly, he's, he's capable of being the world champion, but they keep putting him in the position to be maybe at the wrong time. Yeah. Because, like, he was in the five-way at Slammiversary last year. And they could have put him on it there, but they wanted the, the, the a good guy to win at the end, so they put on Edwards. Who who eventually lost it to Eric Young. Eric Young. Uh-huh. You know? So we, we, we insist on putting on a good guy, only to put it on a bad guy. Well, I think we, most companies don't really usually, unless there's a real story behind it, to do bad guy beat bad guy. And uh, Edwards, even having the match with Eric Young, was because he beat up another good guy in Rich Swan. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was. Whereas he thought he wouldn't give a fuck about Rich Swan. No, he would not. So I don't think he would really be keen on giving Eric Young a title shot. And rightly so. <laughs> so then he goes to the tag team ranks. I really thought they should have pulled the trigger on him and Madman as tag champs last year's Brain for Glory. Yep. Uh, and then he also wins the X Division title. That's well, that's good. He's always cool in the X Division. Holds it. He holds it only very briefly, only lose it back to uh, Josh Alexander. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, like if this was like leading into Bound for Glory, like Ace Austin v. Cringy, I'd say, oh yeah, definitely Ace is winning, but this is the month before uh, Victory Road. I was going, I went into it with an open mind, maybe they would swerve us and have a rematch at. Because mm. also, the time we'd never, I think we'd actually mentioned option C as an option for Alexander, but we weren't sure if they'd actually do it because you know, I think the last guy they did it with is Brian Cage. Yeah. A couple of years ago, and then before that, it hadn't been done since like 2016. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that was Eddie Edwards actually that did it. <laughs> There you go. Uh, He's another one I don't have much time for either. I know you don't. Brian Cage. Oh, I thought you were talking about Eddie Edwards. No, I don't mind. I'm, Eddie's starting to grow on me, man. Yeah. Eddie's growing on me. He's, he's. I still think he's a bit of a at times, <laughs> but his in-ring shit is solid, man. He's, he is a hardcore mofo, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I enjoyed in recent weeks seeing his stupid, scrawny little wife getting a kitten too. Because <laughs> she, I mean... Out of all the people at Impact that irritate the living piss out of me, top of the list mm-hmm. is that fucking wife of his. Top of the fucking list. <laughs> I, I I laughed when Morrissey and Moose beat her up. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and I went, ha! That was funny. If you're annoyed about hearing Paul say that, well, that's your business and it's his opinions. Don't come at me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have nothing, I'm sure, in reality... Mm-hmm. Much like every wrestler. Mm-hmm. Well, not every wrestler. There are some dicks. Yeah, well, yeah. much like most wrestlers, most wrestlers. I'm sure she is a fantastically nice woman. Mm-hmm. But her, as I say, her character, mm-hmm. I should always preempt that with, yeah. well, I always mean the person's mm-hmm. character, like wrestling character. 
and a, her wrestling character gets on my tits. Yeah. You know, because I mean, she always seems to be getting her nose involved in something that didn't exist before she got a fucking nose in it. Like, I don't know. If I want to even go out with Eddie and Sammy before their match, we missed in Morrissey. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, sticking her damn nose and shit, she didn't need to. Well, see, once ago she said, oh, I don't trust Sammy Callan. So, like, what exactly are you going to do? You, you are tiny. Your, your arms are as bit as thin as, as Mr. Barnes when they try to give him that injection. It goes right through his arm. Yeah. Like, and these two men are like seven foot. Well, one of them's seven, nearly seven foot. The other one's about six five or something like that. What, what, what exactly are you hoping to achieve against these two? As, as Brian says, Morrissey reminds him of a giant scary edge. He is. Uh, <laughs> if Edge took one of those like mushrooms from Super Mario Brothers seed, he yeah, like, would become Morrissey. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> but no, he's like a giant scary edge. Mm-hmm. But and back, he's ginormous. But back to uh, the match we were talking about, Ace Austin and, and Christian. I yes. do think, I, I'd agree with you, like, he has had quite a few chances and he has talked about it a long time, like, he is running out of time to be the youngest Impact Champion. He is, because eventually he's going to be too old. And I think, certainly, Tessa, I think even though Tess is technically the current youngest champion right now, I think even if he's if he wins that and he's older than she was when she won it, they'll still say it's him because they don't want to talk about her. They, yeah, want they don't want to her. talk about that. They don't want to acknowledge thing. her. And so I, I, I agree. I don't think he should actually get another world title shot until they actually decide... We are putting the belt on him. Yeah, like don't don't give him a shot without any fucking reward from it, you know. Otherwise, you you risk you know people not caring when he does win it. You know, you'll have a, you'll have a Dolph Ziggler on your hands. Oh, well, saying that right, providing right, mm-hmm. providing Josh Alexander as successful the Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to think about the long game. Yeah, you know, like a how long is he gonna hold it? Mm-hmm. If and when he eventually drops it, who is he going to drop it to? Mm-hmm. And then, because I doubt very much mm-hmm. would it be... Well, I, I'm very suspicious. I don't think that Ace would be the one to relieve him of the title. I don't see yeah. that happening. If Ace is going to win it, mm-hmm. and if Josh wins it, mm-hmm. it'll have to be... You know, someone's going to... Ha- it'll have to be like the mm-hmm. sort of Eric Young situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, Eddie won it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Eric Young won it. So I think there's going to have to be an in-between. Maybe. You know, it, it could work, you know, because, like, Ace has made it, it's, like, seem annoyed that he's not in the match at Bound for Glory. Like, he's, like, he and Fulton were so much, you know, were work, feeding with, like, Alex and, like, they had the match on, a match on Impact, and then you had a match where Christian and Alexander had to team up against Fulton and Ace. Yeah, but, like they were featured so much, like and and among as part of their the feud, the bills for Christian and Alexander, that so much that I actually thought they were going to find some way to like add Ace in. We may still, you know, you know, as some sort of triple threat. I don't know. We or, may still do that. You could have. So I thought that maybe that's what they were going to do, but apparently not. So what? So it's weird because I think instead of doing that, which if you weren't going to add Ace to the match. Why didn't you put Ace in the, the series to take the X Division title? Because like he never actually challenged Alexander for a proper one on one rematch. No, for the title because he he actually just he was just really in that uh, in that Ultimate X match, and that was really about it. Yeah, I think if it, he he took the belt from Alexander, he he would like, it would make sense. I think because you know Alexander took the X Division title from him, and now he's taking back the world title, and he took the spot that he 
you can say like if, if I'd been in that match at Battle Glory, I'd be the champion. You shouldn't have been in that match and all sorts. Of, but I'm sure they've got a plan long term of what they want to do with Alexander because it seemed to he has been one of the better booked people. Like he hasn't properly lost like not one on one at least. No, he has not. Like all year, and and so I, I see him carrying it if he wins the title through also the end of the year into like maybe. Maybe not. Maybe he won't lose that hard to Maybe like the April pay per view. Maybe hold it to. Yeah, maybe that'd be a decent length reign for him. And I'd, I'd, I'd wouldn't like to see him having a short reign. No, no. You know what I mean? Because he's been he's been built up way too much to have a short reign. Yeah. You know, it would it would a short reign would completely would make everything that came before it basically irrelevant. Yeah. You know, and I I wouldn't like to see that. At all, because I think, like like you say, he's been one of the best pushed guys in the company this past year, and his in ring work is solid. His pro his promo work is solid. Mm-hmm. There really is no fault in Josh Alexander. He is uh, he, he is, I think he's going to. I strongly feel he's going to win the Bound for Glory because he's primed for it. He's mm-hmm. like he is the impact guy. You know, I think he's the most naturally built like contender they've probably had in a long time where any company's really built. Yeah. Uh, him and Impact and like Hangman and AEW are the two most naturally built maybe like challenges for a major world title that wrestling's had, I think, in a long time. Yeah. And it's nice to see that. And it's so, like him holding it all the way at least like, to at least April next year, uh, if he wins the title this Saturday. And like I think the show's tonight if you're hearing this when this is meant to go out. Mm. And then like whoever pins him mostly has to, is going to be made to look like a big deal, so it has to also be believable when they do beat him. Yeah. So, obviously, but let's actually talk about Ace v Christian, because I was looking forward to the match, because I, I just had a feeling when the match was made official for Victory Road that these were two guys that were going to, like, work yeah, well really together. Work it. Yeah, Yeah, and they really, like, do, like, you have Ace setting up for the fold, and Christian spears him. Mm. <laughs> uh, what's funny is, there's a point where Fulton gets, like, like sent away by the, the referee, and like Ace kind of tells him to go because he doesn't want Ace falling and kick him off us and possibly get him DQ'd. Mm. And then there's a point where like the ref's distracted and Ace kind of gets a cue and then Fulton kind of comes back and swims through the crowd and just hits, like, gets a cheap shot on Christian. I'm like, and then he just disappears. I'm like, how does a guy Fulton size just suddenly appear and then disappear without this referee knowing? Because he's magic. Oh, he's gone. Just like that. He just could. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> then Christian, well, you had fucking Ace doing, you had Ace doing that like card thing between the fingers, yeah. which always makes me go, yeah, uh, was very much a back and forth kind of thing. I think you know Christian, like again, like made Ace look really strong, even though Ace didn't win. Yeah, and then and then, like I was waiting for something really maybe to happen, like even if he did. When I thought something was going to happen at the end to set up what was going to happen at Burn for Glory, because I had a feeling that Christian would just carry the belt to Burn for Glory, mm. whether it be whether Ace would be involved or not. And then also, yeah, Alexander come out, and like, you know, fans can be like a bit too smart for their own good. Like, sometimes they chant something before it's meant to happen. Mm. Like, I always think of one of the last road for before the pandemic, you had Randy Orton saying with Beth Phoenix, and you, you could tell it was going to end by him attacking her, but during the promo, they're building up to it. There are pricks in the road, John. RKO! Or, like, shut up! <laughs> shut up and let it happen! <laughs> so, I was surprised that we didn't have anybody chatting option C, because I think the X Division champion confronting the world champion. I think if you're in the crowd and you're a long term enough like, impact fan, you know what was probably about to happen. Yeah. 
Or maybe they maybe they thought it was going to be a title for title thing that could have happened. That would have, that would also have been cool. But like when he decided to play option C, I was mm-hmm. like, yes. Uh, yeah. And also, and, they, and it was good that they had Dilo kind of explain what option C was right before they went off air and everything. Just so obviously, if somebody hadn't like tuned in in a while, yeah. yeah like if you if you don't know what it is, let's see what let's see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so he gives up. The title comes out the next night on Impact to give up the title, and he's in there with just uh, with Scott Demore, and you know he talks to me. You know, six years ago I was recovering from neck surgery. I didn't think I'd ever wrestle again, and here I am now. And then in comes Christian, who I think Christian knows that obviously Alexander's like the guy that Impact want yeah. to be their their like the face of the company yeah, he, now. He is going to be Mister Impact. Mm-hmm. There you go, Mr. Co- people being called Mr. Impact Wrestling Moose. I think it's long overdue for a world title. So I think maybe maybe Moose will take the belt off him. Maybe or Morrissey. Yeah. I think those two, either of those two, would be very believable. Oh yeah. I think even though it was, it's nice to have all the youngest champion thing. Like I think I'd like I'd like to see Moose win the title before Ace because Ace has got longer. Like, yeah, has more time to be like a figure figurehead in Impact than Moose does maybe. I don't know how, exactly how old Miss is, and maybe he's in mid thirties, I think. But you know, he's still like physically, he can go yeah. better than most people. So, but I think I'd like to see him eventually get a title shot because you know it was so frustrating at the start of the year with like, oh, he's going to beat Swad, no, no, because he has to have the match with Omega. Oh, but he'll beat Omega, no, because he's then he's going to fight Sammy and then Christian and all that. And like, oh, just given the belt already. <laughs> so it was here's, here's a wild card idea for a who could win a title. Rohit. Rohit Raju. Let, let's, let's stick him with. Let's keep him in the bloody digital media thing for now. I don't want him seeing. Don't want him near the world or exhibition. Don't you like him. Rohit? Not really, no. Oh, uh, I like Rohit. He was funny for a while on his old defeat Rohit thing. As soon as he lost the belt, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm over you now. No, I like Rohit. He's the mocha skinned animal. He's called another Daisy Hitman. Oh, how many successful hits have you had recently? None. <laughs> That's why he's the mocha skin animal. We won't talk about it being the Desi Hitman. He's got it on his fucking gear. I know, but for a while he had mocha skin animal on his gear. Anyhow. So then, so the thing about Christian is I think Christian's now... And I think Christian's actually better as a heel than he is a baby face. Mm. And so Christian's kind of playing up that more the de facto heel of this feud. Christian uh, misbehaving himself and being a pissy little bitch. Yeah, like saying like, oh, you know, you thought you thought you were gonna, you thought your career might be over, my career was over, and everything. He was like, he's basically warning him, oh, do you really want to give up that belt? You know, you've got a good thing going as X-Vision champ, but you could walk out with nothing at, uh, at Bound for Glory if you face me. Mm. And Josh just goes, I think you've made this decision much easier. And he hands the belt to to Scott Damore. Yep. And then you have the thing where he, goes, where he claims, oh, yeah, I've watched Josh Alexander for a long time. I keep up with, with wrestling. I knew what was going on. And they show a thing from a, a convention where somebody that says they want to see him face George Alexander goes like, who? Oh, I know, I've I seen that. Know, I don't know who that is. So, and then and he, George Alexander calls him out on it, calls him a liar and everything. So, yeah, I think also like, given that he's the impact guy, I think Christian's probably just going to go back to AEW as soon as he's, he's dropped the belt. I really hope so. He, he probably is. Uh, he's rumoured to be fighting Adam Cole uh, at full gear, which is uh-huh. early November. That may be good. That is good. 
Uh, which is weird because he's been like in tag matches well recently and he's been on the losing side but not obviously which is good for Impact is he's not the one in his team getting pinned mm. which is cool uh, so yeah he's gonna he's gonna put Josh Alexander over hopefully and uh, I think we're both giving away a prediction for that but oh we have but I think it's, I think it's a it's the best possible match you could have uh, had here because also I think Alexander was a prime candidate but even when Omega was the uh, the champion, but mm. like so having then someone like Christian come in, like the idea it's still even though he has respect for Impact, he's not a full time Impact guy, so now the belt's you no know, coming home. Mm. And so Alexander gave up the title and they decided to have a series of triple threat matches with the winners of those triple threats fighting in a match at Bound for Glory. The first I was gonna say before that though, uh Victory Road there was kind of a, I think it was kind of a display of like the, the guys who still have next vision ahead of this, uh, mm-hmm. this ahead of this uh, tournament to kind of show like you know Alexander's not going to be in the next division. Here's some of the other guys we do have. We had Jake something versus John Skyler, Laredo Kid, uh, Black Taurus, and Trey. And I remember watching the match. It was very like fast paced. Everything like obviously it was an instant day off, but it was a case of like here's a bunch of X division guys. Look at how good they are, <laughs> and. What was weird is that, like the guy, one of the guys in the match of for Glory was in. Like it was won by a guy who didn't even progress in the tournament for the exhibition day. Like the real kid won the match. Mm. It's a weird like belly to belly slash like Spanish fly move. And I think it was interesting because I think we'll see more of him because he was in one of the triple threats, and, but like you thought, oh well, maybe look at it to Jake something because he's gonna have that match with Josh Alexander, or look at it to Trey, or even Black Taurus. But mm. oh, they gave it to Laredo Kid, which I thought was quite interesting. It was, it was. I, I mean, I, much like you, I haven't seen a lot of Laredo Kid, mm-hmm. but from what I've seen, I like what I've seen. Yeah, I don't love what I've seen, but <laughs> I like what I've seen. Really? Yeah. And so, like, he was in one of the triple. There was him versus Trey versus Alex Zane, who had a. Very brief run earlier this year, and and WWE's like an NXT and mostly two or five live was uh, Ari Sterling. He was called there, <laughs> and then he's back as Alex Zane, and I think he's pretty cool. He's got the weird like Jeff Hardy, like purpley hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then my trouble threat. Another trouble threat was Macklin, Pete Williams, and Black Taurus. Yep, and uh, it's basically like the match from Victory Road, except you're swapping out the one at Victory Road had TJP and not Black Taurus because TJP's fallen off the edge of the earth apparently. Yeah, he's not been in him, but he's he's been here in New Japan strong and everything. But he's, he's been packed away in the boxes with the West of Swingers Palace. <laughs> he's been packed away like you go get your you go until you learn about masks. <laughs> and well, well, the match at Victory Road was good. That trouble thing because you had like Josh, because you had Peter Williams at the uh, the Canadian Destroyer on TJ, mm. and then Matt Gumbisa sneaks up behind him hits the. He's a like driver thing, and then yeah. pins TJP, and we basically had that finish in the Black Taurus match, very similarly. Uh, and then the third triple threat was Rohit, uh, Wally Mack, and ELP El Fantasmo. Yeah, and I was surprised by the outcome of that match. I thought, uh, actually, I thought they'd give it to Wally Mack, but yeah. you know, former exhibition champion. But you know, you see, I thought that too. But when I seen Fantasmo was in it, and I I done my deductions, <laughs> you know, Fantasmo's nuts and cool, <laughs> and. Well, he's had a shot already. Mm-hmm. And so is Rohit. Mm-hmm. So neither one of them was going to win it because they've had a turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you had two former exhibition champs and then you got El Fantasmo, you know, the guy from outside, former 
a two-time uh, Super J Cup winner, a uh, three-time, I think, uh, junior tag team champion. Uh, hopefully, one of these days, very soon, he'll be the IWGP junior heavyweight champion because he's very cool. Uh, ZLP. Or the X Division champion, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, these really... We have very, three very interesting triple threats where you had... On one of them, you had like a very much a spot face, like full, full things moving with yeah. like Ari Sterling or uh, sorry, Alex Zane. What did you think of the brief that you've seen of, of Alex Zane? Because that was really exciting when I heard he was coming. I, I'd, I'd seen some of them in the Super J Cup before he came yeah. over, before he went to WWE, and I was excited from, to see him back. From what I've seen of him, mm-hmm. like I didn't know what you said like he'd been part of WWE briefly, mm-hmm. but from what I've seen of, of him, I think he's really quite cool. I think he's going to develop well in Impact. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. too. Because he's, he's got a nice mix of, you know, high spots, tech ability. He's, he's pretty solid. Plus, yeah. I like his gimmick. Yeah. You know? He's like this big lanky kind of guy, but he can also do weird moves. And there's this weird, I don't even know what you call it. He's got this, uh, he's got this, like, thing where he looks at for, like, a slam, and then he just kind of flips forward and everything. Mm. And, like, even the commentary, like, I, I don't even know what I call that. <laughs> like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> So you had one triple threat that was all like kind of a spot face, which three one. Then you had kind of a one with Macklin that we had a powerhouse, high flyer, and Pete Williams, and then you had Black Chris, which is kind of a weird hybrid of the two. Yeah, a weird hybrid of the two who is bulky with a mask on. <laughs> I, I still find I still find it curious as how he is able to comfortably wrestle <laughs> with that mask on. And like taking bumps, like I said, with the, the horns, and like taking the Canadian destroyer with that bull kind of horns yeah. on his head they're weird then uh, Macklin got the win there uh, and then you had the weird one where I wasn't sure what way it was going to go with Rohit uh, ELP and Swat and uh, sorry Swan, William Mack and yeah. uh, ELP actually won that one which I was going to he made his return a couple of weeks earlier to you know help help with Bullet Club help the other members of Bullet Club against Finjuice and they ended up bringing in Chris Saban for like a six-man tag against them. Yeah, Bullet, Fingers brought in Chris Saban. Who did the Bullet Club have? We've got Rich. No, we've got uh, Chris yeah. Bay. We've got Hikaleo. Hikaleo and we've got ELP. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think we win. And I'll say it's been weirdly one stage because like, since Hikaleo came in, like, you had the Bullet Club win at the... When at Victory Road, I think they got the win on a Max Impact. We did. And then they got the big, there was a big brawl ELP comes in. They said, oh, we got Chris Sabin. And then you got the big six-hour tag. So it's not actually worked out well for, for Finjus so far. Finjus and their boring friend. Yeah. But let's be honest, right? Finjus are good. Mm-hmm. We're not that good. Yeah. And Chris Sabin's dull at the best of times. But without Alex Shelley, he's super dull. Mm. That shit, that shit, the hand pointing shit, mm-hmm. that don't work without Alex Shelley. Uh-huh. You know, because you need Alex Shelley's interesting self to take the attention off with dull fucker. Because you got, like, when he goes up to the, <coughs> goes like this, he puts his hand out kind of that way, as if he's high five someone that's not there. That yeah. doesn't work without Alex Shelley. Yeah, it does to, not. He's mis- you need your other half. But Mr. Shelley is being very, very civic and very conscious because he's working with, with disabled children, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's. It work. He does physical therapy of some sort and some yeah. like that. And but uh, it's, it's a very, a very noble cause he does. Yeah, I hope he comes back. You know, soon. Yeah. I think, I think it was it not. He was staying out because he didn't want to chance mm-hmm. like spreading COVID uh-huh. whilst he was working with the children. I think so, 
because uh, when he was taking it, people, some people thought it was COVID. He said it wasn't and everything. He was just taking some precautions because yeah. I think uh, in, the, in the past month or so before then, there had been some outbreaks and there are some people getting it. Yeah. So, and then I think we talked about it then, there was all these sorts of absurd like, rumours that people had before he came out, before he came out and said what he was actually the case. Yeah. Because... And the people saying that he did things that he didn't do, you know, with no proof of it. Oh, yeah, like stupid fucking rumours without proof crap. Yeah. But no. But anyway, let's get enough but, of but enough to, of this. Back to where we were. Back to where we were. We had... So we've got the trouble threat set for Brentford. We'll talk about predictions later on. But I think it's... Having EOP inserted in there, even though he's a New Japan guy, I think it's created an interesting dynamic. Because I thought it was weird that Chris Bay wasn't the guy for Bullet Club to be... Put into the triple threat, yeah. So you know that choice has you now made it very, very interesting. I think. Very. Do you do you have thoughts on who's going to come out on top in that one? I think I think really I want it to be anybody but Trey, but I don't know which one between Macklin and ELP because I've been saying for ages that Macklin could be a good exhibition champion once Josh Alexander's run was over. Yeah, and what what if? I mean, you talk about guys that could easily challenge Josh Alexander if he does indeed win. Mm-hmm. Macklin, because mm. Macklin actually not actually. So, but he's properly not lost. He's like he's one of the only undefeated guys in Impact yeah, right he's, now. Yeah, he's not lost since his debut. I think if he's not going to win the title, at least don't <laughs> have him be the one that gets pinned in this. No, in this triple threat, if he's not going to win it. But you know, like so, like the idea of like again actually building somebody on the roster. But then again, I just love how much a dick ELP is. I just yeah. But yeah, I, lo- I love ELP too. <laughs> you know, you know, I think he's a nutbag. He's he's just a dick. <laughs> But he's such a cold dick, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, that whole, that whole ring entrance. Mm-hmm. Do you know that's the thing that annoyed me this past week on Impact? Yeah. Got uh, his cool entrance and shit, but he, did, he came out to do it club music. It uh, doesn't he's, work. He doesn't do he's, like, he's... Yeah, it doesn't I don't work know how you, without I don't know how you describe his, his, his music. He's very, like, head-banging, like, technical... Get, yeah, it's like, it's like EDM metal or something. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I was drawn to the guy. Like, see the minute he came out when we were in the pandemic era? Yeah. And he was taunting fans who weren't he there. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's a nutbag, I like him. I think he did a thing in, in New Japan where, also in, in Japan, they're allowed a limited amount of fans, but they can like stamp their feet and clap their hands, but they can't make verbal noise. Yeah. And they've only like once or twice made noise when they've been caught off guard or something, and one of them was because of ELP, because he was another wrestler, El Desperado, and he grabbed El Desperado and started ripping his mask up, mm. and the fans went, <gasps> and they all gasping, and he just immediately turns to all of us. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> ah, he's such a dick. Uh, he's a cool dick. Yeah. All of Bullet Club are cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of missing that Jai White guy. Because right, yeah. I know he's probably busy and uh-huh. doing his other thing, but I like him too. Well, the interesting thing is that we were actually recording before the uh, the next episode of Impact. We were recording on Thursday. So we could see more Bullet Club on the show, but we don't know yet because it's Bullet, it's Bay and Hikaleo versus Finjus uh, this week, and the winner faces the Good Brothers at Barry for Glory for the tag titles. So oh, I really hope uh, it's Bay. And at the minute Hikaleo. we don't. At the minute we don't know who, because you know if it ends up being Bay and Hikaleo, I could see some Bullet Club, other Bullet Club guys coming in to try and cost uh, Good Brothers titles. Mm. Well, having said that, I mean, the ones that would make sense would be, like, the Grills of Destiny, but this would be two days after the finals of the G1, which they were both in, so I don't know if they'd get over to the... Because uh, that New Japan uh, resurgence show, they had the Grills of Destiny to come out and kind of square up to the Good Brothers. If I'm, 
Correct me if I'm wrong here, right? But there is many, many members and offshoots of the Bullet Club. Well, Bullet Club is kind of like the NWO in a sense. Anyway, at the minute you got your your current group. There's a there's a subgroup called the House of Torture. At the minute, they're, they're basically the ones that if you removed them from Bullet Club, you'd be would be fine without them. Yeah, for the most part. Um, but you look, you look at supposed Bullet Club members. You've got you've got the Good Ballers who are. Well, they're not official good brothers, but, but they're loving off good being in the Bullet Club. Yeah, you've got you've got Finn Balor, who was mm-hmm. Bullet Club, mm-hmm. and you had like fucking even AJ Styles with Bullet Club. Yeah, so many people. I mean, if somebody like that turned up an impact, you'd you'd fucking shit, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, like like the girls of Destiny have been kind of like they because they, they kind of joke to the oh like it's like a Bullet Club reunion when like the when Bucks and Kenny and the. Uh, and the Good Brothers were all this kind of thing. I mean, they've, yeah. they've, they basically now call themselves kind of the Super Elite. Now they've got Adam Cole now involved. But the actual Bill Cummings, you've got Jay White is like the head of it. You've got the Girls of Destiny, the, the sons of, of Haku, and mm. the, the older brothers of, uh, of Hikaleo. Uh, and they basically confronted the Good Brothers at that New Japan, like LA show, basically, because they've been like, you guys aren't fucking Bill Club. You haven't been Bill Club for a long time. <laughs> you know, then you've got Jay White and people like that. Uh, Kenta is. Mm. Bullet Club as well, so, and then you also got Bay and ELP. You've got Taiji Shibori, who's ELP's tag partner. I'm sad, like, why is he not made an appearance? But he's a former. <laughs> before he went back to New Japan, joined Bullet Club. He was a he was an X Division champion mm. in late 2017, early 2018. You know, he's cool. Bring back Ishimori. <laughs> give give time, Scott. Give time. But but on. We'll talk about other things here because I think that's I think we talked about everything we need to with the world title and the. Next division tale. We'll come back to it with the terms of our predictions. Christopher Daniels go. randomly walked up, rocked up for a match with uh, Marvin Fulton. The explanation to which I don't know. I don't think has ever been explained. Just because he can, because he's former Impact guy, and because he's a fallen angel. I'd like that to be a bigger deal than it was, but it kind of was a weak thing, and then it went away. I'll be honest with you all. Christopher Daniels just now looks like a businessman. <laughs> Whenever he walks out, he look he looks like he's coming out to shout at his kids. You know. Here's, here's, this is Taiji Ishimori here, I'm going to show Paul a picture of Taiji Ishimori. Ah. Uh-huh. The bone soldier. How old would you say that man is? I uh, know, 30 something? He is just, I think he's just about to turn 38. Jesus. Man. I know, he's better, better shape than I am now. Fuck, oh, man, he's a pro wrestler, man, it's not hard. See, hold on. Here's a photo of him, like, see? X Division champion as well. Yas. <laughs> So there you go. Anyway, so there you go. both he and ELP have a chance to be a one point X Division champion in Impact Wrestling. Mm. So there you go. But, you know, we move on to Knockouts Knockdown. That yeah. came out. That was the uh, most recent uh, Impact Plus special October 9th that went down. Uh, opened up with uh, all the wrestlers, male and female, gathered in and out of the ring. And a 10 bell salute to sadly departed Daphne. Mm-hmm. So they had the Memorial uh, Monsters Ball match for. Earlier on, because she was the first woman to be in a monster ball match back in 09 against Taylor Wilde, and then they did a, a mixed match, mixed monsters ball match where they had, uh, I think, with Daphne team with it was either Stevie Richards or Raven against Taylor Wilde in Abyss mm. back in 2009. You had like Taylor Wilde, I was thought it was weird she wasn't there, but she did a video thing before and said, I can't be there, but she talked about how much she, her, how much she and Daphne got along, and said, and she talked, reflected back on it, like, no matter training can train you for. You know, for not to hurt when you dive off a platform through a table once yeah. you start doing that to to Daphne and it's like like I was scared of doing the thumb type but Daphne like had no fear and everything, so Yeah. Well, I mean I 
I can't I can't lie and mm-hmm. say that I know a lot of Daphne. Yeah. I only I only know her from her unfortunate passing mm-hmm. and the stories that have been told about her. But from what I hear, I definitely plan on watching back some yeah. of her, you know, matches over the years. You know, because yeah. she sounds like a cool chick. Like we briefly saw her uh, at, at Starkey two thousand uh, when she was in the cup head the corner of Crowbar when he had that match with Terry Fung and she was she was mixed up with David Flair and all sorts of people and basically did whatever was asked her just so to get on the show. She wasn't in WWE. But then she went to TNA, had a run there in the late 2000s. Yeah. And again, she was doing stuff that not a lot of people were doing, like she was competing in Monsters Ball matches and all sorts of things. And at that time, because like Abyss was known for the matches, so whenever a Monsters Ball match came in, it was like, oh shit, some really violent shit's about to go down. <laughs> and so they managed to have that match. And they also did the uh, the campaign, like Kevin Honor, that and the, uh, the tag me in, the, you know, the idea of like, Helping both fans and wrestlers, you know, talking about opening up and me talking about like mental health. Yeah, and everything. talking about talking about, and there was lots of wrestlers there, like most like Morrissey, you know, a lot of people from in and out of like and that, like you had Jericho there. Yeah, Mick Foley was was there. You know, there was quite a few people. You know, over a rare glimpse of Rosemary without her makeup on. Yeah, yeah, that, well. that threw me a bit because I was like, oh fuck, that's Rosemary. I was like, huh. It's weird because I think she there's been her like her and Ali, eh, who was just being impact work good pals, and Ali used to do these vlogs and whatever Rosemary was in it, she'd always try and cover her face because she didn't want people seeing her without her makeup on. And yeah. then there she is here with this. But I think um, I think it's I think it's a good thing because it yeah. just shows how serious we're taking the, the message we're putting across. You know what I mean? It's not about character; it's mm-hmm. about the person. You know, yeah. and this whole thing like I'm this when I'm in the ring, but behind the scenes, you don't what you don't see is this. And I, yeah, yeah Morrissey mentioned what he suffered from, and that's been well documented. And Moose talking about you know his anxiety, which was a, a shock. You know? Yeah, but it just goes to show you, doesn't matter how big or how popular you are, you can still mm-hmm. have your issues. You know, what I mean, it's it's good to see those wrestlers, both men and women, coming mm-hmm. out and you know, talk like yeah. bringing it up. You know, yeah. Yes, it is like I think now more than ever. I think is important really to talk about it. And like yeah. it kind of made me, uh, it was emotional to kind of watch and see us. And because everybody had their own like issue, oh, everyone yeah. has their own story in terms of mail. But it kind of made me smile about the end. You were kind of one of the last few years. Mick Foley saying, "Have a nice day." Yeah. I mean, kind of smile a little bit. But I mean, I mean, I think it was a really good thing myself because I mean, if you look at it right, some some people, young and old mm-hmm. fans, could be watching wrestling, and, and a lot of the time, wrestling is an escape for people. Yeah. You know, and the fans themselves could be going through, and you know, we could be dealing with their issues. But it's we're going to be looking at their heroes and the people that we go and go, oh shit, they suffer the same kind of thing that I suffer, mm-hmm. and they can find strength in that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a really good thing. Yeah, totally. And well, as we're talking about death, now let's just talk about the Monsters of All match first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, third to last match, I think, on the show they had uh, Savannah Evans, Alicia, Kimberly as. Her new undead bride kind of persona, yeah. and uh, Jordan Grace in the match. And Jordan Grace came out of the bucket. I thought, oh, it's going to be taxed. No, it was it was chalk, the kind of chalk you put on your hands before. Yeah, it, it, think was, of it. it was hand chalk. <laughs> and I, as soon as I seen that, I thought to myself, she's going to regret bringing that <laughs> because it, it reminded it reminded me, like you know, whenever whenever we're watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I see somebody set up a chair in the corner. I go, "We're going to fucking eat that chair." Uh, it's it's the exact same thing, you know. The tale is all thing. He who sets it up must suffer it. He who supply it must be attacked by it. <laughs> he who sets up the table must go through it. Yes, to test its quality, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And what was 
Well, this match, you know, Kimberly, fair play to her, because I think she took the worst of it. She got busted yeah, open. Yeah, she, she got a kick in. And she went through, you know, the tights, you know, they did a bump between her and uh, and Jordan Grace through the, the tights. She was just whacking on Savannah Evans with this pull cue so much that the thing snapped and yeah. everything. Jordan Grace pulls out this giant weight and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I seen her do that. I was like, "What the fuck are you hoping to do with that?" Yeah, fucking crush somebody with that. Yeah, like, how look at my mighty strength. <laughs> we don't care about your strength during the match, Jordan. I thought she was just gonna have somebody there just place it on them so they couldn't kick it when their shoulders were weighed down. Uh, she was going to lift it up to frighten them all. Go, look at my mighty power. <laughs> but that didn't do you any good when your bucket of fucking talc got through in your eyes, did it? No, no, it did not. No. Should also mention, by the way. Uh, the commentary team it was an all female like they had regional referees they had Musta Santos the wife of uh, Brian Cage yeah doing the uh, the ring announcing uh, Fader Scott and Mickey James were the commentators I like yeah. Fader Scott oh god no, I, didn't, no, no, I didn't like Mickey James I didn't like either of them the one the only thing in that whole event right mm-hmm. that annoyed me was the commentary because I thought the commentary sucked ass and it it probably sucked ass because of Mickey James because she is no commentator. No, Mickey James like dried out. Vader Scott did her best. Like, like whenever they did the tournament, like they say, and Vader Scott was always like, oh, you know, they could face you or Diana Perazzo at. Uh, yeah, she kept going on as if she was going to fucking win, and I was like, you bet you ain't winning nothing. Fuck like, you. Oh, when I went, oh, I need to scare all of these people. Like, just call the fucking match, Mickey. Yeah, fuck you, Mickey. You cocky bitch. <laughs> I mean, Diana's already come to your house and kicked your ass. <laughs> that was funny. So, fuck you. It's like the fucking South Park thing around you. Hey, hey, fuck you. <laughs> so that kind of, but the, the actual Monster Ball match, so like, part, I remember going into it thinking, part, I would not be surprised if they gave this to Savannah Evans, being the big new you know, monster yeah. in, the, in the company and everything. She's she a beast. Mm-hmm. I think they said it was maybe earlier, like a third or so of her match in, in Impact. And always thought it was uh, bizarre. I'm pretty sure she's had more than that. I think maybe at least there are four because I can think of three matches she's had before this. Yeah, but uh, that's well, that was her there. first. That was her first match where she was not bringing her puppy with her. Yeah, I mean, it was her first match without Tasha Steeles. Yeah, because well, Tasha was in the uh, the knockouts tournament. Yeah, but it was nice to see Savannah Evans out on her own without Tasha Steeles mm-hmm. nipping at her heels. Yeah, basically, Jordan Grace kind of had it when she had had the version of this our Grace driver you know, and hitting. And got a uh, oh shit Edwards involved in the tax as well, and then in comes uh, and then in comes Savannah Evans, just like ah oh. yeah, just <laughs> like, take your powder bitch. <laughs> I don't know why in my head I was thinking because ever like powder gets thrown away like they, when the OSW reviewed uh, like stuff in the nineties or the eighties where Hogan's fighting a foreign heel and they got powder they jokingly call it freedom powder. <laughs> and that's I just remember watching like freedom powder in the eyes. Freedom powder, <laughs> <laughs> America brother. <laughs> And then Savannah Evans picked the one, but looking again, as I said, fair play to Kimberly. You know, to get uh, her getting hit by uh, Elsie Edwards with a uh, Kendra, the the candlestick with barbed wire wrapped around it. Fucking Alicia, man! Like there was a point, yeah. there were points where Kimberly was taking spots in this match. I was like, fucking, I'll just give the poor woman the win. Let's let her win this match. She's been through enough. Stop it! Stop it! She's already dead. Yes, she's undead. And thank this, thank because now she's dead again. We get it. None of you like her Halloween costume. Still beating her up for it. <laughs> I've now worked hard on that. <laughs> just sitting over the kids like, I don't get what you're supposed to be. <laughs> I'm undead and I'm a bride. What does it, what's so hard to understand? I, does it make sense? Your costume looks so goddamn cheap. 
Who did your makeup? <laughs> Why are you wearing that? <laughs> but anyway, it was a good match. The man Evans, fair play still. <laughs> Such childish nonsense. I know, I don't know where that came from. But then we had the knockouts, not down to it, but we did see a few new faces in, uh, not just in the tournament, but throughout the show it- itself. Yeah. In your opinion, is there anyone that's really stood out to you in terms of like the newer faces that you'd actually like to see Impact really proper like sign up? Because I think oh. I think Impact needed some new additions. Well, are you talking? In, are you talking in the stakes of the tournament? Well, bracket. In the, well, okay, in the tournament, yeah. Oh, I liked a lot, uh, Russian chick with a stupid name. Yeah, Masha Slamovich. Yeah, I liked <laughs> she, her. She fought. She was in the tournament. She fought uh, Diana. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, she was. She was a pick of poison. Yeah, because because I, I, I hadn't really watched it because I hadn't had to watch the Power. But but when people I heard people a lot of people talk about it was Masha and said I'll oh, watch it for her and I'm like alright and then I heard oh she's gonna be out knocking and I was like well then I'll get to see it for myself then. But we her hair and like, I think she actually is Russian so she's not one of the long list of you no know, ten foreign heels. Yeah, so I think she was actually born in Russia, but uh, her, she did strike me when I first saw her with the hair. Yeah. Like, she struck me as a character from Bloody Glow, but she actually could back up in the ring, so I would never see her again. Also, uh, Lady Frost mm, I really from like somewhere Frost. called <laughs> Scotland. I, I said, I said, oh, what, Govan? <laughs> but what a stupid thing. That's, that's nearly as bad as from Parts Unknown. <laughs> Lady Frost from somewhere called. <laughs> She was in the fridge. <laughs> She's in the freezer. She but was in the freezer between matches to keep herself chilled. I still, I still have my thoughts on her. I'm still developing my thoughts because I did think during the match mm-hmm. in the tournament, I personally thought she was a touch botchy. Really? Touch, you know, she seemed a bit plodding. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that at all. But no, I thought so. I, I was, I was intently watching. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I I seem to do that now with Impact, mm-hmm. you know, and every little hiccup, I, I notice it. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple of moments, like a couple of corner moments and such, and her flips and things where I was like, God damn it, women, where's the fluidity? Yeah. You know, she did not seem very fluid in some of her moves. I'm not saying her whole fucking match was like that, just yeah. little things I noticed. And I was like, Cause I remember you know, when I was up here last time I was chatting with you and Brian, you, I think Brian said that. He, he felt it took a couple of matches for the for the knockout show to get going. I don't know if you shared the same. Yeah, I, I, I did I, think that. I didn't really, I didn't really think the same thing, but no, I did think that because we we got into a let's see, once it got into the monsters ball, mm-hmm. we were pretty set. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the first couple, we were like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I liked I liked Masha Slamovich. I liked I mostly liked Lady Frost. I think I'm still going to have to see more of her. I did hear she was having contract talks proper though. Yeah, Slamovich. Uh, yeah. And and Lady Frost as well. Yeah, I think I think Frost would be a good addition. But even even though she's not like a new face that we haven't seen already, I'm really I'm really starting to grow on uh, Savannah Evans. Mm-hmm. I think she is, she's definitely in line for a, for a title shot in the mm-hmm. future. I think because she would be a monster champion. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's just a matter of time between her and and, uh, and Ty Steel before they part ways. And so, yeah, you had quite a few new faces. You had Masha, you had Mercedes Martinez, uh, who I don't think was officially signed before this, but I think she will be. Yeah, she, this. she was solid. I liked yeah. her a lot. Yeah, she's one of the people I think I've said you've been around for a long time. She, she had a hand in helping with the uh, training, helping Shana Baszler adapt from uh, wrestling to her and Josh Burnett are great as like, some of the main people that helped Shayna Baszler adapt from MMA to wrestling mm. and things like that. She's been around for all the time. Like, she was in WWE for the main classic, didn't sign her. 
Then she went to AEW for a couple of appearances. Then went back to WWE, they actually signed her. Then she was part of Retribution, they thought, nah, you don't fit in with Retribution, even though Retribution was shit. <laughs> so it was actually the nice, best thing that could happen to her. She went back to NXT for a year, she got a, a, one or two women's title shots. And then budget cuts, allegedly. Mm. And they let her go, and now she's with them bad, and hopefully they'll sign her up. And Cause She was in Retribution, who the fuck was she in Retribution? She was... I was going to say, I don't think she was one of the ones even mentioned her name on to you, because I was going to say Retribution, but that re- Reckoning, but that was Mia Yim. So, like, Retaliation was the name they gave her. Oh, I don't remember seeing her on TV, well, I don't remember seeing Mia Yim. Yeah, I think she was, like, so, like, the most, like, one you missed the most out of them, so you'd be thank- I think she'd be thankful for that, because I don't think she wants to, people to remember that. She yeah, well, that's a good thing. But, like, again, low-level fucking Saturday morning cartoon baddie names, you know, Mace, Retaliation, Rickoning. No, re- Reckoning, that was mm-hmm. it. Sla- okay, T-Bar, I- that was it. Yeah. T-Bar. And Slapjack. I remember we did a fantasy booking thing. Who was who the dick that had the paper plate on his face? Slapjack. No, oh, he was a fanny. <laughs> uh, did, did, we did a fantasy booking thing, me, Jimmy and Nathan, last year. Where we, we thought, there was rumours that Richard may have a big show in at Survivor Series. They didn't. But mm. we booked a thing where we said we had to book Richard in a match on Survivor Series. <laughs> That's the only rule, otherwise we could do whatever we wanted. I booked a 5 on 5 match where I basically squashed all of Retribution. And then I changed all their names to low-level Decepticon villains. <laughs> I just typed in names of Decepticons and renamed them all. <laughs> so, T-Bar is now Skywarp. <laughs> Retru- Reckoning is now Thundercracker. <laughs> you think I'm going to take advice from a t- robot that turns into a canoe? <laughs> <laughs> when we're having a battle on a slow-moving river, you want me. <laughs> <laughs> Into- yes, Slapjack, of course we will. Like... Reminds me of that at uh, Dower Bean Joe. We used to be like, what the hell is with that ski machine in the gym? Like, what am I training for? For the day there's a blizzard, like, I have been training for this. I will go get help. You'll be no <laughs> use for us that day, rogue machine man. <laughs> I love Dara. Yeah. So you had her. So her, I think, Lady Frost as well, I think. She should maybe rename Michelle as well. She was in the tournament as well. We've seen her in the knockouts tag mm. tournament before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, she was all right. Yeah, I'll... yeah. I, I get she was. She didn't. She wasn't the smoothest in ring. I don't think out of all oh, the new. Mercedes Martinez did win the whole tournament. The tournament was. Didn't I? Don't know. If maybe because I was watching bits and pieces of the impacts in between the two shows, where my main focus was making sure I watched a uh, victory road and Doggett's not down. So I don't. I don't remember the uh, the tournament having that much promotion on. TV, but it was announced as basically an eight-woman single night uh, tournament. Yeah. Winner gets a future nugget tail match. Basically, face the winner of the Brown for Glory match after Brown for Glory. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming turning, uh, point, I, turning I, point, maybe. Can I just say, if by some fucking miracle that Mickey James actually manages to cheat her way to a win mm-hmm. at Brown for Glory, because she's not going to win it legit, because Deonna's going to kick her fucking skull in. But if she somehow wins that match, mm-hmm. uh. Mercedes Martinez. She'll kill her. Yeah. She'll kill her. So, so Mercedes won the tournament. She beat uh, Brandy Loren in the shortest match. She'll beat her in like two minutes. Uh, another member of the Undead Braves. Yeah. Basically, I'm not missing around. I'm not scared of you. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah that's pretty much it. Beat Rachel Early in the second round and then went to the final against Tasha Steeles. Yeah. Uh, Tasha Steeles had beaten uh, uh, Chelsea Green in the semis to get to her. Uh, and Rachel Loren had fought... Uh, had fought uh, Lady Frost, and then I think it was interesting because uh, they said that like Rachel was favouring her side during the match with Mercedes Martinez. And yeah, I was I was wondering about that. I yeah. thought she'd legit hurt herself because she did look 
in some amount of discomfort. Like. Well, actually, the back of the match teams, like Rachel and uh, really Frost got a decent amount of time. I thought they got 11 yeah. minutes. Yeah, they did. Whereas, whereas Rachel's got two minutes. I think that was maybe the story that oh, like Rachel has wrestled more already, whereas Rachel went in and got a quick win, and now she's fresher. That's why she's no went yeah. through. Do you hear that? WWE where women's matches get over 10 minutes of wrestling times. <laughs> Wow, who'd have thunk it? A women's <laughs> match lasting over 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Wow, WWE, maybe take some tips from that. Or maybe a, woman, a women's tournament that has a short match, but it has a purpose because the, the person in the short match is fresher and can easily beat the person who wrestled the longer match because they're knackered. Yeah, and possibly hurt. Mm-hmm. And they're made, and it made sense who won the tournament. Yeah. So, anywho. But yeah, so then Rachel Erling loses two series. But I actually thought, like... I know Overdrilling has been one of your favourites and that began. I, I refer to her as the potato. I, I'm, I've been so so on her you know, since she came in, but I actually thought this is the best she's looked. No, she looked solid. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I think now we're thinking about it that maybe, because it seemed like they were really moving towards that breakup with her and Rachel, but they her and uh, Jordan Grace, yeah. but then they kind of slowed down on it. So I think maybe Rachel going out on her own may be the best thing because she's looked better here than I think she has done in the last few months as a tag wrestler. And yeah, think. yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. And then, it was interesting to see Tasha Steele come, because they're really hitting home, they're like, this is my house, you know, like, Mercedes isn't pro- like a full-time impact person. She's like, I should be, I get I deserve the shot. I'm a foreign Tasha, I should be the... Yeah. Me, think, well, maybe they will give it to Tasha, but uh, the fans are very much behind Mercedes Martinez, which is nice to see. Yeah, see, I thought, I thought, that, I did think that Tasha was going to end up winning it, but I was not unhappy that Merce- uh, Martinez won it, mm. though. Yeah, I think it would seem more cut and dry that Mercedes would beat Rachel Elling, whereas the the Chelsea Green versus Tatsuya match, I really couldn't call at the time. I yeah. have seen Chelsea Green going through. I, I was actually, you know, myself and Brian were quite surprised by that because I've I seen the, the match come up and I thought, yeah. ah, crap, mm-hmm. because I was really enjoying Tasha Steele's in the yeah. tournament. And then I seen Chelsea Green come, and I was like, ah, crap, she went <laughs> lose to Chelsea Green. She's fucking... She's fucking uh, Mark Cardona's... She's Mark Cardona's bird. She's <laughs> going to win. And then she didn't win. I went, oh, good. She didn't win. I mean, cool. She's all right in that, but yeah. cool. <laughs> you know? I think I like the fact that she went for a tall growth kind of version of the Emperor. Tasha, like, shoved her off. And while she was there, she meets her quickly. Then hits the splash. Yeah, and yeah. And gets the win. Uh, I do like the name, like... Like, Mercedes does this new kind of look, kind of look like a version of the Dominator. She calls it the OG driver. That was a great yeah. little, like, finisher that she's yeah. got there. For, which is where she won, like, at least two out of the three matches that she won in. She's got a nice trophy that was presented to her by Gail Kim and now she's been presented to her as a contender for the Knockout Championship and now hopefully she'll give a, get a more proper, like, sustained run in a major company, which she's been, basically, when you've seen what she's been through the last couple weeks, like, she, she deserves it. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured that much with yeah. all that and I hope she, I'm much like you, I hope she gets it, you know? Yeah, yeah we already mentioned that Diona Prazo did beat Masha Slamovich because after the whole assault at Mickey James House, Scott DeWolf, and then Mickey James tried to bat her, uh, no, the contract thing. Uh, the contract thing basically said, like, okay, we'll have the match, but you guys can't touch each other uh, physically at the until Glory. Mm. So then, okay, then if I can't, because, like, okay, if I can't get to you, then I'm going to find you an opponent for knockouts. Not there. I, d- I did love it all because, I mean, we talk about uh, uh, she'd picked Masha Slamovich <laughs> for Diona, and that was no contest, really. I mean, nothing against Masha Slamovich because yeah. she wasn't beating Diona. No, not this close to Ben for Glory. But then. Diona comes in after Savannah Evans wins on, I think it was on Impact, she done it? Or was it at the Knockouts Tournament? Well, she, won it, won, well, she did win the Monsters Ball, I know that. Yeah, but she came out on Impact and she went and said, hey, 
why don't you be my poison? <laughs> so now, on this week's Impact that yeah. we've still to watch, Bitchface has got to fight Savannah Evans. I did and not th- let's hope Savannah Evans breaks her into tiny little pieces. I do not foresee a good time for Mickey James. I hope not. <laughs> because she is really getting my... She's getting my blood up. Uh, now, the, uh, I mentioned, I think, the, the, the PWI, uh, like the 500, kind of, they did the male one to you, the 500, basically, it's all it's based on, like, kayfabe accomplishments. Mm. So that's, so, like, if you won a lot of titles, even if you don't like them, then they may, may be quite high. They lose their 150 women's wrestlers, and Dior Prazo was uh, number three. Nice. In the top 150. Uh, number two was a Japanese women's wrestler whose name I can't, even I, w- I will not even attempt to announce that will budget so badly that we'll get cancelled. Uh, I believe Bianca Baylor from WWE was uh, number one, but what's what's very interesting is uh, why she won the Royal Rumble. She won the main event at WrestleMania. Fuck her again, kayfabe. But and really doesn't mean anything. But number well, well, even though I say that number Bianca uh, Diona number three, number four was Burt Baker. So Impact Women's Champion one space higher than the W Women's Champion. Hmm. And Thunder Rosa was number five. Yeah. But, you know, Bianca Belair should not even have been in the top fucking six. She sucks. Uh, that's your opinion. So... Under uh, stupid fucking braid. Uh, a nice thing that happened at Knockout's not is that we had the announcement uh, Awesome Kong going into the Impact that, Hall of Fame. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then what's nice is she came out, she kind of made it more about Daphne and Honor and her and... Yeah, took them into the the thing about the monsters ball and the uh, the tag man kind of campaign. That was solid. So that was kind of nice that she was like quite selfless and everything. She's been out a wee while. She officially made a retirement uh, at Empower. She officially announced it there. Yeah, uh, she was a bit of a rich. She's been busy, you know, focusing more on acting. She was in Netflix's Glow. Well, mm. uh, which was quite interesting. So, you know, it was, I think it's quite nice because if anybody was going, because they kind they were teasing like somebody going in the hall. There, I thought, oh. Oh, I'd heard actually before I watched it. Somebody got they announced the next Hall of Famer. I thought, oh, maybe they'll announce Daphne as the Hall of Famer, given everything that happened. And then it went, oh no, it's actually awesome. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. No, oh, that's awesome. Yes, that, that's <laughs> awesome. Yes. There you go. There you go. Uh, that was a nice moment. Uh, I mentioned like so the fans liked her. So I think Mercedes more of a kind of a tweener, lean closer to face than a heel. So I think her winning the knockout tournament would have been a good main event. I mean, as as good as it is for the knockout title to have a prominent spot, or, like. And end the show with a title match. Yeah. If the honest match was was going to be like a non-title thing, uh, fair enough. But and the key are like really over. I an execution. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a bad match. I enjoyed it. I did think it was more uh, the knock it, the match with the influence that closed the show was a uh, more felt more like an impact main event than an impact special main event. Mm, I get, I get you, I get you. It's fairly kept fairly short. You know, they had you no know, crazy Steve and. Uh, I black tourist there to keep Caleb away. Yeah, and, and eventually chased the little Diddy away. And then you had the weird shit double team finisher, that version of the stroke that they do, mm. which then the referee's not there to make the cover. And then I think Rosemary hits the spear on on Madison. I don't know which I one think it was. was Madison. Yeah, Madison. Oh, now they did the whole thing taste like bar. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when yeah. they came at Falaba in the match she's your grits that's when the, the corner she's biting her forehead and the crowd starts saying tastes like rain tastes like rain <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so yeah then the uh, the chants retain and then uh, got a, the week before they do the whole like watermark coming at the end you get a thing with uh, the music playing in the background and uh, coming up the inspiration mm-hmm. it's going to be former 
Iconics. Yeah. And it's the, it's the, it's the inspiration with two eyes still. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on the... Taking, T- taking on, on Decay. At Burn for Glory. Which, yeah. And uh, not actually seen anything of influence on Impact so far. I mean, not even a... Even a pre tape for you. Maybe we'll get one of tonight's. The, in, the inspiration, the influence of Madison Rain. Yeah. Too many groups, women's group bearing with I. We should we should have influence via inspiration. One gets to keep the I name. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but you know, there's not been really anything of them like in the build up to. Maybe they'll do like a pre tape thing tonight. But like, it's nice that they got you know, the opportunity to actually sing when I come because they said they were interested in singing because like they are not like you. It's because like uh, I think. Uh, Jesse McKay, who is formerly Billy Key, her husband's also Australian, mm. and uh, Cassie Lee, former Peyton Royce, is married to Sean Spears, formerly Ty Dillinger, who's Canadian, so not a US citizen, so right. they had issues with visas after they got, because they were on work visas, and now they don't work for WWE, so they had to get all that shit sorted, which yeah. is why they haven't wrestled since, even though their 90 days was kind of up a little while ago. So this match at Bairnsville will be the first match since right about April time, I think. Well, it'll be, it'll be good to see them in ringing, because I, I, as much as, you know, WWE made them look a bit cookie. I thought the Iconics were actually decent when they wrestled, yeah. you know? I often thought, because they were maybe, like, over the top and how, like, goofy they were. I, I joked that they were, like, basically... Like, think of how Edge and Christian were in the 2000s yeah. and then picture them as females. And they've kind of been keeping themselves relevant. They've got their own podcast, I think. It's called Off Our Chops. <laughs> <laughs> and where they can basically chat and everything and, like, keep their name out there. And they are going to keep that going. Uh... So I'll be interested to see what happens. Are they get brought in? Do they get brought in in seals? Because you think initially they'll come in, they'll get a good reaction mm. from some people in, in Las Vegas. But then will they turn heel in the match? Will they even? God, I'll be interested to know what happens. And if they do, somehow will win the tag titles. I'll be interested to see how Impact treat them as opposed to how WWE treated them when they won the women's tag titles over there. Mm. You know, anything. Even if they get like one or two TFs on TV, will still be better than what WWE did with them as champs. Very true. Fuck all. And. I must say, like, women, knockouts, knockdown aside, mm-hmm. and just talking for Bound for Glory, uh-huh. I'm actually, like, so stoked for, like, what's going to come at Bound for Glory, because yeah. I know it, you know that way sometimes when you, you know a pay-per-view is coming up, mm-hmm. and you know in your heart it's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, I know what, I know Bound for Glory is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, uh-huh. but unlike WWE, Mm-hmm. I'm excited by not knowing what's going to happen. You know how you know? I know, before we get to the proper predictions here, you know how I know it's going to be good is because... It's not WWE. Well, no, it's because it's not in Skyway Studios. It's in Sam's Tower, and I don't know how much different the size of the venue is. It's sold out. Yeah, but and it's officially sold out. They said they might give away some like extra tickets after production's finalised, i.e. they need to figure out how the stage gets up, because sometimes in a venue... You take away a certain amount of seats for a stage set up, mm. which is going to happen in the wrestling. It happens with music as well, because depending on how much, how big the stage that the artist or whatever wants, yeah. or what they want for the stage, they have to move a certain amount of seats. And so, if there's enough space after they set up, they finalise what the stage is going to look like, they might release a few more tickets. I think they said that the, the two nights afterwards, the days are still a few tickets sold, uh, left out, left available for them, but the actual Bound for Glory itself is sold out, which is nice to hear. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I wonder if they're actually going to do a proper full capacity thing or are they going to keep a limited amount because like, even though it looks fairly packed in Skyway Studios that's still a limited capacity that they've been doing ever since Slammiversary yeah yeah so I wonder if that's how they're going to go and also the announced that uh, Turning Point is actually going to be in Sam's Town as well and then the two nights after that mm. are going to be 
uh, tapings of that, so that are going to be in Sky, uh, are going to be in Sunstone. So they're going to stay in Vegas for quite a bit of the year. That'll be really cool. Mm. Different venue, and different everything. venue, and I think possibly just a bit bigger venue too. Potential. I think they have been in Sunstone before. I can't remember what it was like, but I think the stage had, was a bit bigger. It was more of a had more of a slope when they were there before, so maybe they can make it look at least a bit different from how it is in Sky. Because if it looks exactly the same, then like yeah, that'll did, be a bit did, dull. Did like what the fuck was the point in moving in the first yeah. place? Gonna stay where you are. <laughs> Gonna save a lot of people money on airfare. <laughs> well, talking if we're on to like talking for Brown for Gloria here. Oh, sorry, but I don't mean. Oh, I no, think no, I was no. going to say was like part of the reason them. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I know there will be fans there. Because uh, to be perfectly honest, I think I said at the time, but it feels more so in hindsight. I was thorough, I was quite underwhelmed with last year's Burn for Glory, mm. considering how good Slammiversary was, and then that was didn't quite live up. And I think it's because we had built up some good stories, but the fact there weren't fans there to witness the payoff, I think, let it down. And then we we had very mixed feelings about Hard to Kill, yeah. And then Rebellion happened. That was a solid pay per view. Oh, that was. Then we got Slammiversary again with the return of fans and everything they've been doing since. I really feel like this is where again it's gonna hit again, and I look forward to like I said like. And they got so many people on the car. There's so many things that are cool things are going to happen. They're so going to be major talking that points. May happen as mm-hmm. well. People that may show up. And you also look at the uh, a bit the way the women like you got the tag title match. You got the Nuggets title match. You got the X division. Yeah, maybe I'm just start focusing on the women. Then, oh right, right. And you got the call you shot gone where women can compete in that. Very true. And you got the six way for the digital media championship, which is three men, three women, mm. which is so cool. Like the week, and they had that battle royal to determine like the last guy remaining will be number twenty. The guy he eliminates to win it will be number one, which was W more to win eliminating Chris Saban. Mm-hmm. And like in that battle royal, you had women in there. You had yeah, the undead Braves and Alicia and people like that. And, like, see, that's so cool. Uh, like we all talk about energy rest, energy and rest. Like, that's a cool impact is with it is that they don't even make a big deal of it no, anymore. No, they just do it. They just do it. Like you had the homecoming tournament where it was intergender, and then you you had this match here. You got the digital media thing, which is an intergender belt now. Yeah. Which means now there's four belts for men to win and three for women to possibly win. Which, which is, is fantastic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fantastic thing. Impact do their intergender shit properly, but like you say, not making a big fucking deal of it. They yeah. just do it because they'd see where women. Not as women wrestlers, they just see them as wrestlers. Yeah, and plain it, and simple. Like they talked a lot on the uh, on the knockouts, no doubt about how it was a knockout used before WWE, like in the mid two thousand everything, pioneering like how women in America could be represented in a company and like take you know opportunities and show what they could do. And mm. we see what they've done in the years since and this what they're doing with intergender wrestling now, that when you hear them say make statements like that, it feels like it rings true more than when WWE does it. Because when WWE talks about what they did for women wrestling, it just feels like they're talking about from a corporate branding perspective. Yeah, look, look what we're doing to be so inclusive. It doesn't feel human, like when Impact does it. Yeah. It doesn't feel quite human. You mean it doesn't feel human when Impact does it, or does it feel human WWE when WWE does it? Does it? Yeah. When Impact do it, it feels human. Yeah. So, there's that. Uh, so, were you going to say something before I was talking oh, about no, that? I was, but then I got lost in your point, and it was a good point, so I'm happy I did. I got a couple of random bits of news. Really, apparently, before we probably go into Burn for Glory, I know we talked a lot, but we're the stuff we're talking about. Ace Romero finalised his release from Impact yeah, Wrestling. But like, like I said to you earlier, I think that was an amicable thing. Yeah, I was actually listening to him on a podcast. It was Desert Island Grats, as I think they call it. Do basically the wrestlers, guys, yeah, people appear on they pick three wrestling matches to take on a Desert Island with them. Oh, all right, so like, basically like Desert Island, just but for wrestling, mm-hmm. and they talk a bit about their career and in between each match. 
Uh, I believe, like, I have not got to the bit where he took his third match, but so far Ace has picked, uh, what I think was, uh, Nakamura v. Sami Zayn from uh, TakeOver Dallas 2016, uh, Shawn Michaels v. Undertaker, uh, WrestleMania 25, uh, and he's, for his third match, he's, he's not made a decision yet, but he's going to choose between The Rock, Hogan, Mania 18, or Sean Angle, Mania 21. Uh, the last bit I heard in the interview was him, he, had, he also had to pick a movie and album and a luxury item. The only last bit I heard was him choosing Braveheart for his movie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but the thing Good with, man. The thing with uh, he talked about in the interview about his Leaving of Impact, he said, like, I was on a pay bearer appearance deal and I hadn't been used since May because in May I got COVID, so I missed that taping. And also that takes up a couple of months worth of TV. Yeah. I said, I've been ready to come back. Like, I was told I was going to come back in July, me and Larry D, but then we were told we weren't welcome back. They didn't have, basically, a way to bring them back. They didn't have anything wrong because they were bringing so many people in. They had so much going on. They didn't know how to fit them in. to get them back in. Yeah. And they, also, they were heels at the time. They said, oh, we don't know, because, you know, we also got quite a lot of heels. And then Ace was making suggestions for them to come back as faces. He pitched a... A hitman for hire kind of gimmick for them, like an APA kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, he even says like APA and that, and he said he's mainly he's on from Impact. More than that was him and D'Lo Brown. Yeah, and when he said he said like if you're not going to use me, like really let me go. And D'Lo kept asking, "Are you sure about it?" And he's like, "I don't want to go, but I want to be used. And if I'm not going to be used, then I need to go because like I've got to think financially because a big part of my income is from Impact." He said, "I was on a paper appearance deal, so if I'm not appearing, I'm, I'm not, not getting, getting paid. You're not getting paid." Yeah. And so, like he's, he said, I'm not. He didn't, he didn't really want to shoot on it, but he said, like he felt like it wasn't as stellar as running impact as he hoped it would be. Like he was happy with how he came in with the ladder match in 2019, mm-hmm. and everything. But he said, like I think he said his main highlight you'll remember from he probably will be remembered for an impact is probably Wrestle House, which, yeah. which isn't too bad. Too. It's not. It's so, not. He's also he probably hopes from he's gonna you got the sense he hopes for more when he was taming impact, but you know he's he's not like shitting on them. No, like, he just. Like I say, I think it was reasonably amicable. He just he wanted to be paid, and he, if he, like you say, if he wasn't being used, he wasn't being paid. Yeah. Uh, Larry D is still under contract. Don't know what's happening with him because he's it's kind of weird that he was taking off TV as well. Yeah. Even though he didn't have COVID, but uh, Sam McAllen was mentioned in his interview because he said like he moved to Ohio for because like Sam McAllen was like trying to help him out. Like he's on a show. He goes like and he does an impression of Sam. He goes, "Hey man, you and me are working there." <laughs> like, no, I'm in a barrel. No, I told him, it's you and me that's working. <laughs> and then he, apparently at one point, he wanted to help him out, so he invited he him and moved down to Ohio and like, rent a room in his house. So mm. he actually roomed for a wee while with, with Sammy and we, we Havoc. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And he really goes, I mean, totally Sammy, he got a leg injury, I think, in the most recent tapings. He did. And they, I think they have written him out with him getting attacked by Morrissey and Moose. Yeah, they did that. And it doesn't look like he's actually going to be back to like sometime in the spring of next year. He is going to be back, though. He is going to be back, though, but he is. You know, <laughs> which is funny, because like, they made the announcement of Minoru Suzuki coming in. And I mentioned you how excited I am about that, you know? Yeah. The, the very scary 50-year-old Japanese man who will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a post the other day, someone said he's as old now as Daryl Briscoe was during the run as the Stooges, like the start of that run, mm. and yet he's still kicking ass. And he's going to be at the tapings post, bound for glory. And uh, Sam McAllen saw the announcement and said, like, fuck it, I'll, even if I tape, let me tape up my broken leg, I'll wrestle him on one leg, let me fight Muriel Suzuki. <laughs> so I bet he's got to, like, Muriel Suzuki's coming in just as he's been taken off TV with an injury. Yeah. Oh, knowing Sammy Callahan, he'll probably do... He'll probably do basically like a John Cena. He'll probably work his ass off to try and speed up his recovery time as best he can. Yeah, probably. You know, 
because I don't, I don't think, especially in, in this day and age, I don't think it's good for a wrestler to not be on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, even once Sammy is able to walk a bit better on it, I'm sure he'll start coming back on screen. You know, like Eric Young, he he's been injured for a while and he's still been on screen. Mm-hmm. And recently, he's been getting a bit more physical, which means you know, mm-hmm. he's he's going to be back in ring soon. Mm-hmm. And I miss, I really miss that leather, hooded leather thing with a mask. <laughs> I miss that. I want to see Eric Young coming out looking fucked up again. Yeah. And beating the crap out <laughs> of some people. Still, so, I, I want to see him injure people. So shall we, shall we actually get into the predictions for Hell yes, let's do it. Alright, let's do it. I'm going to win everything. <laughs> well, it's a contest, but okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the pre-show match. The next pre-show match is going to be the six-way for the digital media championship. Some people have uh, are poked fun at the name and everything, but like it's basically an intergender modern version of the TV title now. Yeah, so it's been presented, and uh, an interesting lineup I think for this match. Uh, you got John Skyler versus uh, Falaba versus Crazy T versus Jordan Grace versus Daniel Dashwood versus. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. I forgot the final person. Yeah, Chelsea Green. So, I, I, I feel like, like again, it's going to help the women who aren't like don't have much of a feature story and they can be in a thing mixed for the Digital Media Championship with the inner gender mm. aspect of it. But also, it feels like with the, the male side of things that uh, that maybe it's a case of it's going to help some of the lower card people. So yeah. they may not maybe feel like they may, they're going to be ex-division champion or even world champion, but maybe in the mix for that, they can also be in the mix for Digital media championship. That's how it strikes to me. You know, honestly, championship. We've always seen just images of him. We just got the match for who's going to win it. So, getting actually see how it's booked and presented will be another story. Yeah, that's true. So, you got that six way. I don't believe it's elimination. I think it's a one fault. Yeah, finish thing. It's going to be defended. I think on YouTube and Impact Plus and everything. So, I believe like the Impact Plus best and everything, or on like the pre shows for the major pay per views, will be the place for the digital media championship. But. Out of those things, as, as much as I'd kind of, I think it'd be cool to see like Crazy Steve with a belt. Uh, I think the first champion, and to really hit home the intergender aspect, I think Jordan Grace is going to win it. You think Jordan Grace is going to win it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, judging on who's in the match, mm-hmm. I'd I'd go, I'd agree with you, Jordan Grace, because I think it's either going to be Jordan Grace uh-huh. or Chelsea Green. Yeah, I think that's that's my two candidates mm. for it anyway. Yeah. I, I I could see why maybe you you think just because it'd be interesting given that digital media. Some people say why didn't you call it the Internet Championship or anything? But and you know Matt Cardona has a whole gimmick of being the Internet Champion, so that would kind of make a wee bit of sense. But yeah. for me, I think Jordan Grace because because then that means if you do, you are actually going to properly like go back to the thing with her and Rachel and have a split. Then at least you've got something you can also have fun to fight fight over as well when they do have the breakup. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'd still like to see Crazy D with a belt, but maybe we will. I'm still holding out hope that he and Black Trust will get a proper shot at those tag team titles. We would like to see that. Yeah. So that's the pre show match. Uh, let's talk about the Collier Shot and Gauntlet then. Uh, we know that Saban's going to come out first. We know that uh, Morris is coming out last thing. Moose, Brian Myers, uh, Rich Swan. Or some of the other names announced, and a lot of them mm. are TVC. So you can think there's going to be some other people on the Impact roster, but you got to think maybe they'll you know, bring in some Forbidden Door surprises or some returns. Maybe you got to think. 
this is where if Alex Shelley was going to come back, I'd like to see him come back here. Maybe like be Chris Saban, well, do a demolition in like 89 or whatever year it was where number one is Chris Saban, entry number two, Alex Shelley. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think that may be wishful thinking on my part. Maybe. Maybe. So, who do you think, you got any idea to who has uh, a bit of news that we might see in it and who do you think is going to win it? Well, I know who I would like to see mm-hmm. in it. I know I would like to see Bray Wyatt appear. Uh, or Wyndham, as again, he is going again, by I think, I think he's going to be in a couple of week, days or so after Berkeley, but again, <laughs> I, I, I would like to see at least a tease from it come, because I, 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 I would like to see him in him. But, but I would also, I, from the rumours I've been reading, I think it's a strong possibility <laughs> seeing Strowman there. <laughs> yeah. But who do I think may win it? <laughs> and this... Maybe a surprise for you. Mm. I think Brian Myers might win it. Interesting. I think. Because we've seen recently they've been mm-hmm. pushing the whole learning tree thing a lot and yeah. carry on. Although, if we were going to make it a funny thing, as Impact does sometimes, mm-hmm. it'd be quite interesting if Sam Beale won it. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or that Manny Levins guy. It's weird how... Uh, it's weird how... They, they've been pushing the line because like uh, Swan and Matt really felt like they were going to actually win the titles and the Good Brothers had the match at uh, Victory Road lost and then they suddenly went to the thing with the learning tree the last couple of weeks yeah like with VSK coming out and him being kind of like Brian Myers' favourite of the others and the others are annoyed about that <laughs> well Sam Beale was kind of oblivious to it he's like yeah I'm part of that too yeah so, uh, oh, yeah, I'd like to see like Braun maybe get Buddy Matthews to show up Oh yeah, Buddy Matthews. Because he's going to be near enough around there, because like, on the 13th he's, made, he's announced he's part, being part of New Japan's uh, Battle in the Valley or whatever, one of their big US shows in LA. Mm. So, you know, LA and Vegas aren't that far apart, and like, it's got a few days, got a week, a couple of weeks before that show, so he can show up there and do the tapings and everything. Hey, good. Yeah. Good. I like to see him there. Uh, again, like I said, maybe we're still thinking about you know Alex Shellicone, but I think at some point this match we're going to see the alliance between Moose and Morty really fall apart here. Yeah, yeah. And well, as we've always stated, it wasn't an alliance. It was yeah. just a, a convenient partnership. Yeah, and you could hear see he was like, Moose was got eliminated, but then he kind of grabbed, uh, like, the leg of of uh, Saban at one point in the match, and then he helped Morrissey, like, win the, the battle roster. So he could enter 20, but I think when it comes down to it, like, well, only one of them can win, I think they are going to start fighting each other. And between those two, and who's going to win it, and I think I'm going to lean more towards Morrissey. Leaning towards more Morrissey. Yeah, because I don't think he'll be like, the first proper like challenger of like Josh Alexander if he wins it. But I think down the line, like because now we've seen what, what Rhino did, where like you can either announce it or you can say, "No, I want the match now." But, yeah. Like, having like just as an adversary with, and then just have Morrissey say, "Like, well, I'm next in line because I've got this bloody like, yeah. trophy and everything." And they said, "I've been wanting to see that match for a wee while now." That Morrissey Alexander and Morrissey. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm going for William Morrissey in this because you know he's a big lad and he's in coming in last, so he's got the advantage going. He's in. got the advantage, but you know we're fine well that coming in last doesn't always guarantee you're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about uh, the partnership between Moose and Morrissey breaking mm-hmm. up. Moose could very easily cost Morrissey his shot. I think a couple of people, uh, last couple of people who have won the call, who have gone left, come in, come in, and when they when the first people come in. So I think it's about time that somebody towards the end won, because like Rhino won from like number one last year. Better than they'll be fucking saving. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, better than they'll be saving. We're talking about Rhino, 
will he or will he not be the mystery partner of uh, of Heath to take on Violet by design? I really hope not. Why not? Because I like that Rhino is all weird and violent by design. <laughs> and, and, you know, as much of a plucky ginger as Heath is, I don't want him to succeed. So who, if not Rhino, who? Who will be his partner? Who will be his friend? AJ Swoggle. <laughs> AJ Swoggle. Yeah. I don't think that'll help him against fucking Diener and bloody big Joe Doran. You don't know. He could, he could bite their ankles or something. <laughs> So you think that ages ago meant to try and gnaw at the massive ankles of uh, Joe Dory? Yeah, topple them like a big fucking tree. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it's going to be right. It has to be. It's too obvious not to be. But do you think we're going to get that thing that I always enjoy, like double swear of a rhino come out to be all friendly with him and then beat his ass? I think that might be cool. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. He's so he's so plucky and likable and ginger as he, but but he's such a tool. <laughs> oh, he's so likable, but he's such a tool. Like, it, it's so conflicting that. Yeah, he's a likable tool. <laughs> you know, I like, and I don't want Violent by Design to be, you know, negatively hit at like, just because of that. We did he, you know. I don't want them to lose because we've lost a couple of significant feuds mm-hmm. and I don't want them to lose a feud with Heath. I know. You know? I mean, you've got Doring, mm-hmm. who's massive and psychotic. You've got Diener, who's kind of big and psychotic. Mm-hmm. You've got EY, who is, in my opinion, only a ball hair away if you've been back in that goddamn ring. Mm-hmm. So... You know, yeah. I think I really. I remember a couple months back. I was so convinced. Oh yeah, coming back for glory, and that's when they'll lose the tag team titles. Like mm. God, how wrong I was. Yeah, you were wrong. But no, I hope. I hope that Rhino does come back, and I hope that he does the double, the double swear on Heath, because not just that, but I think maybe I'm in the minority here. I think that would be an interesting thing, you know. Heath comes out and he's like, oh, great, I got my, my partner back and he's cool. And then Rhino just goes nuts on him. I think it's going to be kind of a different one where I think like, you kind of say, oh, it's Rhino. And then like Rhino doesn't come out. So it's basically two on one. And then Rhino finally comes out and he comes out and he makes the save. So I think it's going to go well for Heath. Rhino comes out, does the double turn on Heath, stays loyal to VBD. And then somebody, somebody, come, somebody comes out and helps Heath out. Who? Maybe Braun. Maybe. Maybe Braun. Can we? Can we? Can we, buddy? Ginger stick together? Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very true. It could be. Could be. Ginger stick together. <laughs> Ginger power! <laughs> so we're very conflicting on what we think about that one. Uh, well, ah, let's go over the Knockouts tag titles here. The K are going to win. I say the Inspiration are going to win. The K are going to win. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Do you want to bet a Mars bar on it? I don't. I don't eat Mars bars. What do you eat? Other things. What other things? Because if I win, you get me a Mars bar. Yes, but if I win, then I'll, I won't get the thing because you'll say, oh, I didn't get you your thing. No, I'll get you your thing. What do you want? I don't know. Do you like Twixes? Do you like Snickers bars? No. <laughs> do you like Bounties? I do, but that's a basic thing. Don't get me a bounty. 
Doing better than that. Give me a Milky Bar. That's Toti. Milky Bar is Toti. Mars Bar is, well, Mars Bar is kind of Toti now. I don't know where I went. Get you two Milky Ways if you're right, because that's about the size of a Mars Bar. No, you said Milky Ways, I'm talking about Milky Bars. The white, you're oh, the weed. white one. Aye, the yeah, white one. Well, aye, I'll get you a Milky Bar then. Yeah, yeah. If I if I win, I get a Mars bar. If you win, you get a Milky bar. That is a childish and fair and fun bet. Because mm -hmm. either way, one of us gets some chocolate. I don't know why. I wish I was going to say, give me a fried scheme of that. No, give me a Milky bar. <laughs> yeah, okay. Milky bar if you win, Mars bar if I win. <laughs> I was coming and throw the Mars bar at your head. Ah, fuck to take your mouth back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you do think the care are going to win then? No. Good. <laughs> What's it doing now? Let's see if it protects your head. <laughs> <coughs> but no, we're opposed on that one then. Yeah, we are opposed. We, we appear to have reached an impasse. Yes. I'm just thinking it'll be very interesting, you know, the fact they've announced that right off the bat and then having the smash. So maybe, maybe they've got some sort of plan for them, I don't know. But you don't know about it. But well, I'm happy to see where it goes. So there you go, that's, that's opposed on that. I think we can agree that for a while, I what I did think it was possible to give Mickey the belt, but then they did knock it's not down happened, and the uh, way she was on commentary, and then the fact that Martinez is waiting in the wings, I think Martinez beating Diona, I'd be okay with. Yeah. Because inevitably, even though I don't want it to be Mickey, Diona is as good as she is, and good as a heel she is, she's got to lose that belt very soon, though. Yeah, she's got to lose it soon, but she ain't losing it to that old book. So, yeah, I think we're, that's how we go from we're opposed on to one we're agreed on. Yes. Diona's going to kick her ass. And now we're going to go to one that we don't even know what it's going to be. Well, maybe we'll, we'll put it in a post or we'll put it on Twitter once, it once we know who has actually won it. But uh, first of all, who do you think actually wins the No One Contenders thing and who and do they actually beat the Good Brothers for the tag titles between Finjus and Bullet Club? I believe, <laughs> my personal opinion, if we're talking this week's impact <laughs> plus Bound for Glory here, Bullet Club are going to win <laughs> both. I'd like that because you can kind of tie that into like because Jay White's still in the US, yeah. even if like GOD aren't, so Jay White's showing up again to help them out because it was something that brought uh, Chris Bay into Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. and again, we can continue this whole prank uh, and between promotions thing between Japan and between Japan and Impact about you know your brother's not being in Bullet Club but feeds with the actual members of Bullet Club. Yeah. Because if they lose the belts and then Chris B and Hilo can stick around the US for a while because they're mainly working on New Japan strong so they'll be about to defend the belts that frees then with no belts that frees the Good Brothers up to go over to World Tag League which starts on the 13th of November. Mmm. For the New Japan Big Tag Tournament they can mix up with the Gorilla of Destiny and more importantly takes them off Impact for about a month. I know, that'd be great. <laughs> They've done fuck all since they beat, uh, they fuck all since they won at Victory Road. They did a weird thing, oh, we're on vacation, we're taking a well on vacation. No, you fucking that. You've earned fuck all. Yeah. Look how quickly, everybody was, a lot of people were hyped to see them come into Impact and, like, they're happy that they've got a chance to do stuff after they got released. And it's, 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 it's very funny how much everybody has turned on. Yeah, them. they have worn very thin. Very quickly. Belt humping freaks. Eh, <laughs> uh, Let's think what else do we have? Uh, yeah, we've got the Exhibition 3-way, uh, ELP, Macklin and Trey. Anyone yep. but Trey. 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 <laughs> Trey. A lot of multi-person matches with title implications on here, which is interesting to see. Yeah, but Macklin, 
Yeah. Ellie. Yeah. Elvin Dasmo. Yeah. Trey. Nah. As much as I'd like it, I I don't think it'll be LP, so that means... I mean, it does seem like I'm just going because personal animation, but I would be okay to see it, but well, I'm going with Macklin. As long as LP doesn't take the goddamn pin, mm -hmm. as long as Trey gets annihilated by Macklin and Phantasmo, mm -hmm. and Macklin again, then a little bit more by Phantasmo, mm -hmm. and then finally gets pinned by Macklin. I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. So, who are you going with? Phantasmo or Macklin? Because I'm going with Macklin. Uh, I think I'm going to have... My heart says Phantasmo, but my head says Macklin. As, as much as like, they've got a feature in the Bullet Club, I couldn't see the Bullet Club walking out with tag belts and exhibition uh, belt, because we we're at the time recording, it's not even a guarantee that Bullet Club will even be in the tag match. So They will be. Well, okay, but it's not guaranteed. We don't know yet. We're, no, we we're, don't we're know thinking, yet. We're thinking about the future here. But nah, no, but nah. Nah. But nah. 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 Bullet Club are going to win. Are they? Nah. Yeah. I'm going to win everything. Uh, I'm going to have a quick look so to make sure we haven't missed anything. So while you talk about the... So why don't, in the meantime, why don't you talk about why you think that uh, Josh Alexander should and will win the Impact World title? Well, Josh Alexander should win the Impact title because first and foremost, the Impact title should be on an Impact guy. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I personally believe he's fucking earned it. You know, he's done fantastic since he went solo. Mm -hmm. He had a great, in my opinion, slightly short run as X Division champ. Would have liked to see him hold he, it he a little longer. He did fit quite a lot of defences in, in, in. Oh, he did, and some fantastic defences of that mm -hmm. title too. But he, he, he had a great run with the X Division championship. He's more improved his ability in that ring. Countless fucking times. I just believe he he is the man to take the back title forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he is. If you're looking for a solid impact guy, company man, Josh Alexander, the title should be on him. Hey, I just looked up there. There's eight matches, including the pre-show. So that we have covered everything else. And it's weird how eight matches including the pre-show, yet the this whole card still feels just so stacked. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Josh Alexander has felt like again the most organically pushed guy yeah. to, to to win back the impact too. So you know, you got a strike when the iron's hot with with people. Indeed. And I'm hoping that you just like I think that what you really need to do here is basically book him the exact same way you were booking as Exodus champion, just with a different belt, just in yeah, main events. Don't, don't mess with the fucking system. Leave it as it is, just, because he doesn't need any frills and fucking whistles, man. Just keep him as is. Keep, go with what's worked, because the last thing I want is to have what happened to him, what happened to Rich Swan, happened to him, because I was behind Rich Swan all the way up to win the title. As soon as he came, by the time training point came, I'm like, ah, I'm kind of... Yeah, changing my tune on Yeah, I'm kind of here. finished with you now, you yeah. daddy. The scene's worth like a, like a child who asks for something and gets a Christmas in and gets bored after 10 minutes of playing with it. Yeah. I don't I don't want him as champion anymore. He did five minutes ago, yeah, but I don't know. I changed my mind. <laughs> he dances too much. Yeah, he didn't victory road, it still didn't win. Yeah. But, so I agree with you, George Alexander win the title and hopefully there will be much rejoice Yay. and I looked up I just tried to look up there Sam Stone all the details I could find on a quick search is about it as a casino yeah and because uh, obviously it's a casino and hotel as well as having a venue 
bits where you can have like put on events. So the actual event part of it, where they're going to be doing the doing uh, Bound for Glory, I don't know how many people they got in it. Maybe they'll tell us and how accurate it'll be. I don't. I won't be able to corroborate. It will be a crowd one million people strong, and they'll be much better. <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> anyway, so. So that's uh, everything I think we've got. We've already covered pretty much everything that has happened or is relevant that is I happening. I think we have. This has been a very well-flowing show today. I agree, though. So we've got, we got to jump straight into it sometimes. Part, part from my yawning earlier, but like I say, I was up late last night. Yeah, you perked up, you got some coffee and everything. And I have what looks like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good cigarette, but this is a cigarette. It's a fucking smoke. He'll do. So... That's, that's what we, also you can tell if you have, if you couldn't tell already we are very looking forward to Bowfly we've been told you already so we are we tell. are we are like kiddies at Christmas waiting for that awesome present we know we're getting and so next week we'll be back here reviewing Brown for Glory hopefully po- in a positive manner yeah hopefully you know hopefully we'll get everyone we've picked for our choices we disagree on maybe one or two a little but not nothing too heavy yeah. I don't think yeah I. Uh, I won't be able to. Well, I wasn't going to watch it live, but I mean, I have to avoid some spoilers during on the Sunday. Yeah. Watch it because I may not be able to watch it till Sunday in the evening because uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. I've been invited to a, a birthday party on the Saturday night. Didn't have to be invited, but I got invited anyway, so it'd be rude for me not to go. You would do. And would. It's, it's, it's near. It's in Kirkendall, so I may end up back at my brother's place afterwards to stay there. Which means then, also having to make the trip back free, we because he was quite a bit away from where I live. Yeah. Which means I wouldn't be able to get back and watch Bound for Glory until sometime Would you in the be evening. able to watch Bound for Glory at his home? Maybe. But then we might have other people there and, not, and they might not like what, want to watch wrestling, so I may have to wait till I get home. Well, if, you, if you're able to, I suggest you watch it. I might. Yes. Do that. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Yes, I will, because I'm telling you sense, you bitch. Anyway, well, hopefully we'll talk about it, and hopefully we'll be talking about it in a positive sense, as I said. And then the following week, we'll be going into November and celebrating our four-year anniversary. Yes, and we can we can hopefully celebrate by laughing at the fact Mickey James was smooshed into the fucking mat like the bench he is. Maybe. Hopefully. If even if that doesn't, if if somehow, and then if this is the version of events, I'm just bringing yeah. in here. See, Bicky James somehow wins. Yes. But everything else that you want to happen goes your way, like Josh Alexander winning and other people winning certain matches. Yeah, if, if everything else goes, I'll I'll still be mildly pissed, <laughs> but I'll be overall happy. Yeah. You know? And if, if Mickey James actually surprises me and puts on something I don't believe she's capable of, mm-hmm. you know, a competent match, I really don't. She may have been, but she ain't now. And if she can manage to have like a competent match without talking, then hell yeah, cool. You deserve your win, you bent. But <laughs> I really hope that Deonna destroys her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't always like when Deonna mm-hmm. does her promos. I don't think she has great promos a lot of the time. But do you know what? She's better than fucking Mickey. Uh, and following that. We're going to be going another impact kind of really good thing. We're going to go back to our retrospectives and this is an idea I think Paul suggested, but I'm really behind it. 
We're going to do a retrospective of the X Division Championship, which Hell yeah. is going to require a lot more research than uh, the light heavyweight title. Oh, yeah, well, it will. And that's going to be a, a trickier one to maybe look at, look for matches for. I, I it, it'll be few, good. The research will be fun, I think. I'll have a few in mind off the top of my head that I can think of, but we will. Like, it was easier to say so and so wins it after this person, then defends it this person, and then wins it. And this so and so wins it when it was a light heavyweight tail, which had like you could count maybe on both hands and our champions. Mm. Fucking hell, it would take a wee while for me to name everybody X Division champion, but it's been through some highs, some lows, then some highs again. I, I believe in that regard, both of us are going to have to take a lot of notes. A lot, a, a lot, lot of, of notes. We will have we will have a folder, <laughs> a little binder. Okay, section A slash B. Yes, section eleven C through D. <laughs> I'm just, saying, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying numbers and letters now. Yeah. You're just saying business words, Jack. Aye, uh, oh my. Business, business. Business, yes. business. But all that is still to come, and we hope you guys will follow along with us, and hopefully you'll follow us on Twitter at SBRAM or follow at Rogue underscore Bains, where you can find us there as well. Game get me at ScumCloud1986. Follow Sobouts Retreat at Sobouts Retreat, where you can find where I tweeted out the main notes and the takeaways from the Joy Talent Center Media Call and the clip where I ask my question is available in audio form on their social media at SuplexRedit as I said. Uh, also like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Ramblin Podcast. Get us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, we like, we rating or review if you are be so inclined. Mm-hmm. And we'd be ever so grateful. We will. It would be much rejoice. Yay. <laughs> but uh, given that Paul was annoyed he didn't get a huge music recently for the Shribble Threat, why don't we play us out and you can bang your head along where if you're, whether you're listening to this on your headphones in the middle of the street with the ELP, El Phantasmo's music. Maybe. Yes. But likely not. But maybe the next Exhibition Champion. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.